Hey everybody and welcome to episode 515 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparas, coming to you from the Chris Parker Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Nobody, nowhere, never, Chris Antista. <laughs> and woke banker, Matthew Allen. <laughs> and special guest, Ryan Herrig, the mailman from Michigan. Podcast extraordinaire. Thank you for joining us. So you were previously on the show on episode 469. You had a nice, podcast called nice. Conspiracy Therapy, which is still one of the best names for a podcast I've ever heard. But you have a new venture that I've, I've been on an episode of, but what's it called? Venture. That's, tr- that's true. I, I have a new podcast. It's called Zanzizi Podcast. It's on all the apps and devices. Uh, basically, I took one of the drunken slurs I made, which was like Zanzizi Zambibi, oh. and just shortened it a bit and uh, said, well, instead of conspiracies, we're just going to cover everything. So... Uh, you did mention that you were on a recent episode, which recently recorded, is coming out very soon, April 3rd to be exact, and we talked about court jesters. And uh, I just wanted to kind of get away from conspiracies and talk about everything. Court jesters, you can you can play that. My favorite character on uh, Disenchantment is Billy West Court Jester. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the only time I've had an avenue to talk about German folk hero Till Eulenspiegel in public. So What? Uh, <laughs> yes. Wait, was he in the Far Cry movie? No. <laughs> You're thinking of Till Schweiger. Ah, Till Schweiger. Ah, Till Schweiger. He's yeah. also uh, I mean, in Glorious honest, Bastards. As, as Drunken Slurs goes in, ZZ's pretty safe. It seems yeah. uncancelable. I mean, it is, what is it, that road on the way to Vegas that, you know, that, no, that's out in the middle of nowhere? Isn't that it's that guy from the league it's who lied Zizek's about being right. in 9-11. <laughs> Steve Zanzizi Zambibi. Yeah, Steve. that's right. Okay. All right. For, for, those who don't, for those who don't know the road Michael and I are referring to, it's like literally this road. It's all consonants. It's like Z... It's like double Z Y double Z Y X or yeah. so. It's 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 ridiculous. Well, I know it because there was a movie once named after it, and it was like the least profitable movie ever to be shown in theaters because <laughs> nice. they they had to do it. I think I can't remember if it was for tax reasons or what, but they like showed in one theater in Texas. And, like, one person came to see it, and when they found out, they were like, no, you weren't supposed to see it. Here's your money back. Wow. <laughs> oh, like a, like a producer's type thing. Kind of, yeah. I, I can't remember what the deal was, but it's like, like yeah, uh, probably we, to, we intentionally showed it not thinking anyone would see it. It's probably to qualify for an MTV Movie Award. Something like that, probably. <laughs> Some technical reason. Maybe they yes. had to do it as a tax write-off. I don't know. <laughs> Jumping in with a quick edit for The Curious, it was to satisfy a Screen Actors Guild requirement. The movie made just $30, $10 of which was refunded after the makeup artist and her friend bought $5 tickets to see it. I already forgot what, what word you said, so I don't Z- even know what you're talking about. Zizix Road? Mm-hmm. Not Gen Zanzizi Podcast. Which is Ryan's podcast. Ever That's the thorn right. in a Superman side. Right. What, yeah. are, what are some of the other topics you've covered on Zanzizi? Or will well, cover. we we uh, we just did an episode on Trent Reznor slash Nine Inch Nails. Um, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, we in the future are going to be doing an episode on history of Grand Rapids, which is where I'm from. Uh, and uh, we just dropped an episode on the history of Nintendo, 
Mm. Which, uh, did you know they started out making playing cards? Yes. Yeah. But, Hanafuda well, cards. That, that, I would be on a video game <laughs> podcast, so. <laughs> Over 100 years old. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you, here's a, here's a good topic I've always wanted to see somebody explore incredibly mm. in-depth. Uh, the Where's the Beef Lady. Okay. Because the Where's the Beef Lady became a huge fucking international superstar at, like, the doddering age of, like, 89 or, like, 91. <laughs> it, it, it predates even my knowledge, but she was... A Wendy spokesman said, Where's the Beef? She opens up WrestleMania 2. Yes. Uh, <laughs> she... I, I saw her on a talk show make Don Rickles laugh, and then she got fired... Because she got hired by Ragu to talk about their beef, and she spent the rest of her life commenting on beef and like dog food and other local commercials. A, a truly bizarre celebrity that I don't think we'll see the likes of ever again. Where's the beef lady? Wow. I'm I and there's probably a sex tape out there somewhere too. There's 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 definitely a conspiracy angle. No I'm sound. Sure. No sound. If she's <laughs> no, that old. Yeah. Where's Where's just, the beef? Her and Mark Henry had that hand together. And just, it was all down it's it's, it's the sound that. of a large bowl of dust being stirred. But yeah, old lady oh, yelling about beef. <laughs> you might <laughs> talk to whatever Michael's joke was. Anyway, yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. It was video bad. games. Video I wanted games. to talk. I, I finally played one of my most anticipated games of the last two years, which is. I'll tell you in the second. Oh, segment. okay. Wow. Ooh. Keep us in. Do the professional. Wow. All right. Well, one of the games coming out this week, as you pointed out to me, Matt, is uh, WWE 2K23. It's coming out, and it's got John Cena on the cover doing his famous can't-see-me thing where he waves a hand in front of his face. Five-knuckle shuffle or something. I mean, I've, I've heard he's on the cover. I haven't just mm -hmm. a blank no cover to me. Verify can't it. see anything. I, yeah, I can't I, verify I think he stole is that there, phrase from Tupac. But uh, Is there a WWE curse that's like similar to the Madden thing with the wrestlers or anything like that? No. No, no, no injuries tend to follow immediately. Uh, I mean... There's just the curse of being a professional wrestler yeah, and the stuff that tends to happen with that. Who, um, who are strangely, by the way, even in my mind, uncancelable. <laughs> like, no matter what happens, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, mm -hmm. whatever they're going through can be on the cover and nobody... We don't expect moral <laughs> moral <laughs> superiority from our wrestlers. Yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, when, when the... the the mask falls. We're just kind of like, ah, you're just a bunch of carnies. Who cares? Yeah. We're like, lucky uh, you weren't selling meth to kids behind the bleachers. Did you hear what Hulk Hogan said? Yeah. He's a wrestler from Florida. What did you yeah, think was yeah. in his brain? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> it, It's probably the same immunity Trump has, which is like, turns out if you just live your life being outrageous for a living... It's yeah. pretty tough to cancel you. It's like, mm. yeah, that guy's always an asshole who shoots his mouth off. Like, yeah. that's what he does. That's well, his brand. I, I bet there's a lot of canceled people out there who might appreciate some invisibility power. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, where this yeah. fucking came from. John <laughs> yes, Cena joke. You, yes. yes. Did you not see our chat? <laughs> like, I, I, I must have missed that. I told threat. Michael, I was like, this is a stretch. But, you know, his whole thing is you can't <laughs> see me. So let's do one about games with invisibility power. <laughs> what was I think there's a lot of serial killers in the midwest who'd like this power too oh yeah yeah, yeah sure well or i mean couple, why, why just kids. the midwest i think there's a lot of serial killers well, everywhere is, isn't that like the That's the true. archetypal superpower question like oh would you rather have yeah. like 
flight, super strength, or invisibility, and like yeah. depending on which you pick, it tells people something about your personality. It's, it's like a personality quiz exactly. question for sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah would yeah, you but... rather be super smart, super strength, yeah. manipulate time? I don't want to beat up people. I want to steal stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I also remember, and this is apropos of nothing, except that we were just talking about John Cena and Can't See Me. Do you remember, Chris, there was like a year at E3 where they had this gigantic animated idea, yes. standee? Yeah, okay. You want to you wanna tell? It's like talk about it? the only things I got are video guy to shoot. It was, it was a, a 2D standee of John Cena, and they just had his elbow on a hinge doing and it. like a pendulum, his... <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I, I asked the video guy, like, I think a good idea is to, like, slowly zoom in on just that for five minutes while the Requiem for a Dream music plays. Yeah. And, and, and we made it, and it was just an oddly successful video, because there, no, there, no, there was no punchline to it or anything. Right. <laughs> it was... It's funny just to think about. That would be a good internet scare video if you do a mashup between that and the overblown John Cena music thing. You know, just mid midway through that video, sudden jump scare out of nowhere. Have you, you're, you're mentioning that, and that obviously that's like a very dramatic shift, but have you guys ever seen like when they take those old trailers, like the Miss Doubtfire trailer, oh, yeah, and make it yeah, into yeah. a yeah. horror movie? Yeah, oh yeah. It's, mm. it's, oh, yeah. It's... My, my favorite is, is still Shining, which turns The Shining into a lighthearted comedy about a man and his kids. Shining. Yeah. <laughs> the, the new version of that is they do. Um, if this was an '80s TV show, and and they always end up looking like the credits of Magnum PI, which I am here for every single time. I, I, I just it just came into my feed. That fucking. I can't believe it took people that long to take the end credits of Predator and sync it up to '80s sitcom music because. It's just what they shot. It's in the movie. Just the, the shot of them laughing at the camera. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm Carl Weathers. Uh, well, it's fun that you should mention that because we're going to be talking about top five invisibility powers. Uh, not trying to be definitive here. Just like these will be fun to talk about. And what could be more iconic and vital to this, this the, the concept of this power than our number five the energy surge came from this general area. I'm not reading anything now. Move it. Ah! Oh my god! Ah! Let's go. What? Is that Is that the where's the beef sex tape? Yes. <laughs> it sounded like a murderous cow. I I'm yeah. out of the the entries I know on our list is is this alien versus predator? Like the, yes. the roar? Well, okay, just that the, was a predator yeah, roar. The predator in general, and I think yes. alien versus predator was the first time you got to play as a predator. There had been predator huh. games prior to that, like for the in, NES. Unless you're Chris but, Hansen. Hmm. <laughs> you, you catch <laughs> them constantly. To, to play as a predator. That's the uh, that's the sequel follow-up. Have a seat. Why don't you have yeah. a seat here, Predator? Uh, with your, your green glowing blood. Sit uh -huh. down, have a seat. Press sit X down, to have a seat. <laughs> Uh, no, th this is this is like Michael said a quintessential entry because I think so many games in particular, some movies have, but many many games have ripped off the way the predator looks when cloaked to the point yes. that we call it like predator, predator the predator vision. cloak or the predator mm -hmm. effect, right? Like it, it's that light is filtering through a prism thing, but you can still see all the way through it, but it's clearly like still bending light, and that is 
it's a great effect because it's like, well, yes, as a viewer or a player, I can still see technically yeah. that something is happening, but it's, it is, you can see how in the fiction of this world, like, yeah, that would be very hard to see. True it's, invisibility doesn't even really happen in games because A, you have to be visible to yourself <laughs> usually mm-hmm. yeah. if you're playing a, a third person character uh, or even even if a, a, like a rival player is temporarily invisible, they're usually cloaked and not so much just not there because mm. what yeah. the fuck is the point of that? And yeah. again, invi- invisibility in games might be a little silly anyway because like everybody's invisible until they get like their hitboxes drawn around them or something yeah. like that. In, like, until it's rendered in the engine. Like it's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think what a lot of modern games do now instead of the Predator cloak is they do kind of a... just an. It's almost like you're a ghost effect, like a Pepper's ghost effect. It just kind of shows the outline of yeah. that person. It's like, because you know, Wonder like Chris, Woman's invisible jet. Yeah, it's like Chris said, like you, you... It's no fun to literally not see anything. Because like, this also makes it way harder to interact with the game. It's just kind of like... I think actually, I think one of the entries on this list we'll talk about that. But it's it's yeah, you like ever, you, ever, you ever see memoirs of an invisible man? Like the whole point of that was like it's not interesting until he like has on a jacket or a hat or something or smokes yeah. a cigarette. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it, it's something to like show you that he's invisible. Hollow Man, same principle when your rain comes down. Yeah. I, I was reading about like the the concept behind Predator's camouflage is not that it's invisible, but that it's projecting parts of the environment over him. And so like yeah, when yes. he attacks, it's as if the jungle itself is closing in on, that on his victims. Is very, very technically where we are with invisibility technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah no, I've, I've right seen now. the experimental stuff where it's like, it just has thousands of cameras on it yes. that then read, okay, this is what would be seen from this angle. And they just, it's like a little mini screen. It just shows you like, yeah, here's what you would be seeing from this angle, which is why it doesn't always work. Like it only kind of works at one particular angle. You can't simulate everyone simultaneously being around you at the same time. But it's, it's as the predator, it's still hella disturbing because it it seems like, you know, you ever have like a, I don't know, something in your eye and you just, ah, it freaks you out. It like crawls over your eye or something like that. It's like that, but in anthropomorphic form. Yeah, and it, it, it's used a great effect in in the cloak somehow translated perfectly from film to games, and as a really early effect too. I forget how they did it, but I think it predates computers. Yeah, well, it predates them being used widely for effects. Yeah, yeah, because I was I, I read this way too long article about my favorite movie, Flight of the Navigator, and just like yeah, it took two hundred thousand days to render the reflections of like. Florida grass and a sky. Like, it, it just, it was really impressive technology. I'm not sure how they did it. I'm going to look it up. Hmm. Probably, yeah. like, one frame at a time, painstakingly. And then we'll so? just take 24 JPEGs a second and uh, <laughs> <laughs> run them all in sequence. But, uh, yeah, so Predator has, has been in a bunch of games since. That that was uh, Alien vs. Predator 2, the, the PC game from the 2000s that I played. Uh, he's also, there was a, a reboot a few years ago that brought a few of the other Predator's abilities to bear. Come on, you ugly freak. Sounded like it came from here. Sounds must bounce around this place. Sure. But that that's also like you can you can set these little distraction traps that then play like 
enemies' voice clips back at them distorted, which is something the Predator could do, sort of. And, yeah, and, so yeah. surprising, even though they're creatures that only roar and click. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, one I one of looked, them did say motherfucker one time. The, the effect in the original movie, this is great, because I remember seeing footage of it now. Uh, they're in the jungle, so blue screen, grease screen, can't do it. Bright red suit, chroma keyed out with the... Another matching shot overlapped over it. So a guy in a bright red suit running around. Very, very mm-hmm. silly to look oh, at. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I never thought of that. You can't green screen a jungle. Yeah. Blue sense. and green screens aren't going to work in uh, Puerto Vallarta. Hmm. Puerto Vallarta. I've Puerto been to Vallarta. this jungle. I think I've said this on the show. I did the horseback tour. And it wasn't the rainy season, so it was, wasn't was nearly as cool looking as in the movie. Like it's, it's No, it didn't look like... I couldn't find anything that looked like Predator when yeah. I was there. There was a sequence where we got off the horses and we walked across some really shaky suspension bridges. I'm like, oh yeah, I can see this being the Predator, but it's... Uh, yeah, like you can... Theoretically, I think you can still tour where they filmed that movie in PV. It's just a bus bus ride from the main town or whatever and it's kind of up in this canyon it doesn't look as tropical rainforesty as you expect it to look again yeah. if you're not going in the rainy season mm. yeah. of course aliens vs predator also introduced some pretty good asymmetrical multiplayer where you could play as yeah. marines or predators it's, or aliens and or human yeah yeah the, the space I, I, are the weakest I never, faction always. Mm-hmm. i never get tired of saying it uh comics and games were way better to those respective franchises than the movies were the dark horse comics right yeah yeah and that's what the games are are based on and those are some there's several really great alien versus predator games and uh i think only one predator standalone game uh and i don't even know if it's still playable the nes Um, one oh no i was no i was thinking of the um the multiplayer one for uh, Sony put out a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, Predator Hunting Grounds. Yeah, I have a yeah. I have a clip from that as well. This way. I do appreciate. I hope he's okay. Yeah, the predator—that is the predator, like <laughs> punching through a guy's chest to rip out his spine and skull. Like, oh, that's impressively gruesome. I love it. Man, Predator has had some weird fucking movies. Did anybody see the the Predator? The yes, fourth I've predator I've movie? seen I've seen all of them, and that I think you're taught the the Predator is the one where the fourth movie Shane Black. Yeah, he wrote it. Is, which yeah. is the one with Adrian Brody? Is that Predators? Predators. Yes. That's yeah. the third that movie outside of the AVP series. And man, the Predator has this like giant sting for like teasing a new movie at the end that's like gotta hold up like shit because right after that movie came out and didn't perform well, boom, you're a Disney character. <laughs> so, so I think, yeah, right. I think this speaks more to how much this franchise gets around versus anything I've done. Cause like I've worked on multiple alien slash predator things while at Fox and, and then like, I think universal interactive, which became Vivendi games published a few of the AVP games like they, but when, when you look, if you just go to a list of AVP games online, you can see that like literally 
it's like almost every major publisher has touched this franchise. There, there's huh. Konami, Square has done stuff. Yeah. Chris mentioned Sony, well, Activision's been involved. The, like, the Super Nintendo Capcom one is just it might be the worst because like this is just a Final Fight clone. Like the Predator literally has Cody's punch <laughs> combo, the two straight jabs, the body blow, and the uppercut. That's how it punches that, aliens. That is a cool game that I played on that really stupid uh, plug-in Capcom logo arcade. Emulator machine. Found one of those. <laughs> wow! I, I at Perfect World where I was working, they bought one wow. of those for the the just the entertainment room, and I was yeah, a lot of good games on that thing. But uh, yeah. what a ridiculous product! Yeah, but yeah, I mean, AVP gets around is, is what I'm saying. Like it's been all over. It's the place. crazy, and it, it like it it's you know it only comes out in movie theaters like once every like 15 years. Yeah, and 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 games and comics have kept it alive, and mm. uh, I think. A much more valuable franchise. Mortal Kombat. It's also in Mortal Kombat. You can play as the Predator. Well, I I do have a clip from Mortal Kombat. Getting on my nerves. So Mortal Kombat X or Ten. Uh, not only could you get the Predator as a DLC character, you could also get a Carl Weathers skin for Jax that has <laughs> Carl <laughs> Weathers' right. face and voice. Wow. So, Brother, you got a stew go. Yeah, you can you yeah. can have Carl Weathers and the Predator in one on one combat. So you Predator, you, you take your vagina mouth and you go back to San Paulo, wherever you're from. Yeah. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But that is actually a good lead in for our number four. <laughs> Uh, this is that that Bubsy game, right? Yeah, no, it's Bubsy, one hundred percent. This this would be the the combat's mortal. Yes, so that's specifically Mortal Kombat two, which introduced Reptile as a playable character from the start. Amazing. Um, I think you could. I don't know if I don't remember if there was a way to play as him in Mortal Kombat One. He was like a secret character that you could unlock I don't think through so. the pit. Um, you could play against him in the first yeah, one, right? You could. Like, yeah, and yeah. The, the way to unlock him was different on every platform. But but he was mostly just a palette swap then. Like I don't yeah, think yeah. he had all of the Green reptile powers. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, he yeah. just had Scorpion and Sub Zero's powers. You could probably play as him with like a Game Genie or something. But uh, yeah, he was playable in Mortal Kombat 2, and one of his coolest powers was invisibility, which was not only a great way to fuck with your friends because, like, they can't see you, but it's also a way to fuck with yourself because you yeah. can't see you. And yeah. so you have to remember where you are. You could uh, use his acid spit to try and, like, get your bearings and, like, okay, there I am. And now, because <laughs> he just, like, unmasked his face. And yeah. it would turn visible. And the, like, so. yeah, this is the one I was talking about. Where it's like you do need some indicator because did anyone else do that math? Like, okay, well, I kind of know how fast he moves on average, and I've hit the button this long, so he's probably around here on the screen. I like, mean, you would you, do you have to imagine any serious fighting game. So and so probably is going to know that. Probably yeah. can play it blind. Yeah, if they're measuring and, frames, like if, they, yeah. if they, people who can spot frames in fighting games, that's probably not a problem to them. But to the average schmoes like us, it was like just I, a fun never, novelty, but it, like not, mm. not nothing you could seriously like take advantage of in fights. You know, I never use it that much. I and I prefer was he had the projectile that miraculously drew people closer. <laughs> you hit him. With well, it. it was if they got hit with it, they flipped over forwards, and it set them up really easily for an uppercut. 
I always called it the vacuum. Yeah, it was. Mm. It's ridiculous. I, I, I think it's meant to be just like acid that is paralyzing them, right? Like it's kind of like. Well, they, his old, the acid spit is different. the The thing I'm talking about is is just like he like spreads his arms and a glowing ball of light ah. uh, shoots forward. And yes, yeah, you know, well known power of lizards. Yes, throughout. well, yeah. very well. <laughs> Reptiles. Yeah. Um, given that he's such a popular character, I'm kind of amazed that like once. Mortal Kombat went really story-driven. He did not have a whole lot of representation in those stories. Like, he got some lines with uh, Steve Bloom doing his best raspy lizard voice. Speak your last before I have your tongue. You are not Shao Kahn's true heir. She is a construct formed in Shang Tsung's flesh pits. (laughs) I saw this. Your best claim to the throne is moot. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> he sounds like every third He-Man villain. Yeah, definitely. up some phlegm. He has a featured spot. I want to say it's nine, which is just called Mortal Kombat. It might have been a cinematic in ten where he's like literally fighting Johnny Cage in a helicopter because he's like an assassin. right? Yeah, I think it's the start of ten. Yeah, it might be the start of ten where like he... But yeah, in, in even in those which are super story rich, you know, and we've talked on the show about like the campaign modes that are like twenty hour campaigns. Yeah, he's mostly just sort of a hired assassin slash bodyguard for the bad guys. Like that—that's mm-hmm. his sole appearance. Who can melt people's faces with his acid? That—that yeah, you have to imagine there probably wasn't huge plans for reptile as he was. <laughs> he was something like you couldn't organically discover, and, and, and they knew they, they you had to assume. There's a bunch of players who are never going to see Reptile. Let's not put a lot of work into him. So his original, yeah, he's just Green Scorpion, Green Mm Sub-Zero. And and he became popular through, through like, man, it was like one of those big things that people were talking about with Mortal Kombat. Have you found Reptile yet? Holy shit. Yeah, but he he kicked off a whole wave of palette swap ninjas. The ninjas. And and I think I had heard, like, to the point where, like, Ed Boon and and the team... They just sort of got ninja fatigue, like because mm-hmm. they just kept yeah, having right. to introduce new ninja characters, and they're like, "That this sucks. That we're over this." You know? Yeah, so. but it's really easy to you know save on RAM and probably money because like yeah, just make pay the same actor to do a few more martial arts moves and call it a new character. Uh, you got to get out now. It's all about crossover DLC. Can't mm-hmm. wait for the Desperate Housewives in the next Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. That'll be that'll be fucking awesome. I'm sure. <laughs> I uh, heard it here first. Uh, just a just a random Desperate Housewives episode where Reptile walks in. Just hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> and a lady yells at a cat at a table. <laughs> obviously, I would you guys like to plug my new line of handbags. <laughs> you guys have obviously haven't seen the latest Milf Manor episode because oh, that's exactly oh. what happens. Actually, show? did you know that the newest lady, the newest mom that came on that show, was in? Um, Nightmare on Elm Street Five. Really? The, yeah. Was, the blonde. Alice? The blonde. Yeah, Alice. Wow. Wow. Ryan, I, I don't actually watch that fucking show. I man. know. I, I, see, I, <laughs> I see people post about it on social media, and I'm like, wow, we really are living idiocracy right now. There's a show oh, called Milf Manor about oh, young. That's wonderful. About dudes. It, what is it? It's about dudes trying to seduce milfs, right? Like that's the show. No, 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 no. It's literally moms okay. who are single, 40s, 50s, er, like area. They go on this to Mexico to date single people, and it just so happens that the single men that are on the show are all of the mother's sons. What? So, so oh, I wait, know. no, they'd recognize them. Okay, never mind. Keep going. Well, 
they're all it's it's i mean it's it is idiocracy it's one of the worst things that, i mean i'm i say this because <laughs> i was using that to come down after i got done sobbing watching the successive last of us episode that would be out <laughs> what a that combo week. what a combo evening <laughs> last of us into milf manor <laughs> exactly uh, this is what things were like in the before times <laughs> honestly i cringed so hard watching it. I mean, I was just shoving my face in my girlfriend's shoulder most of the time watching Milf Manor. I think it sounds sounds great. You end up in bed with your own mom and Ashton Kutcher comes out and tells you you got funked. Some, for some reason, the, rept, the reptile guy's just standing there. Yeah, yeah. Doing his idle pose. With the, He's got yeah. a cat's cat's tail sticking out of his mouth. Uh-huh. Oh, he, uh, well, I, I have a clip of him talking to his, his double in uh, Mortal Kombat X, and I apologize. Every single sentence they say is punctuated by Reptile throwing his tongue out of its mouth and whipping it around with yeah. a sloppy wet noise. I am the Lost Zaterum. You are but a reflection. Let us find out. <laughs> That's how you find out if you're into ASMR, just listening yeah, to that clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how much coke you're on, Jesus Christ. And, and of course, he does uh, get to face off with uh, our previous invisible power-wielding dude. You will regret this. Turn and run away. Sure, whatever. That, that's the thing is, by the later games, he's he's pretty fucking lame. Like, as a character, Kinda, like, yeah. Reptile sort of sucks. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. I'm like, if, if given the choice of any Mortal Kombat fighter, like, does, is anyone out there maining Reptile? Like, yeah, man. Fucking love that green you know, there, there has to be someone. <laughs> Surely. Yeah. Uh, reptile is fun, but... A is... Reptile dysfunction, Michael. Oh, Am I right? oh, there it is. There it is. Needed to have <laughs> that. Do you guys have a favorite Mortal Kombat character that you always played as? Oh shit! Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean Scorpion. it's it's very basic. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Sub Zero guy. Yeah, I'm a Sub-Zero I, guy. I love Sub Zero. Uh, I really got like using Liu Kang after two with the bicycle kick and everything. Yes, so. yeah. yeah. Blah, blah blah movie of the week. That's just what I imagined he was saying. Oh, oh right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Um, yeah, and, and the recent games, I'm not sure. I don't play them uh, enough to really. Kind say. of the same for me that it always yeah. has been. It's it's Liu Kang, yeah. Scorpion, Sub Zero. <laughs> Whoever, right. whatever the story mode wants me to play. Yeah, Jason Voorhees, my favorite <laughs> Mortal Kombat character. That's what they need. I bet the next one they will have story modes for the DLC characters, oh, for man. the guest characters. That would be amazing. That'd be rad. They need to bring back Friday the Thirteenth something. Fierce. Mm. I I mean, the remake movie was great. I thought personally, mm-hmm. um, I love like that's my favorite horror franchise, hands down. Like all you gotta do, take Jason, throw him out there in the winter time, just hacking people up with the snow. Yep. Visually, is yeah. it is it still tied up? Chris, no, is it still no, I, in think, the I think they finally resolved it. Okay, sort of, yeah, yeah, but that they they are moving forward with a new movie. Well, yeah, the last it, I heard. there's going to be appeals, but they, yeah. If you want to hear all about that, Elm Street Nightmare Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime is the show Chris used to do about uh, different horror franchises every year, right? You got Nightmare on Elm Street, you got Friday the Thirteenth, you did Child's, uh, Child's Play. Play, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt, I respect you for trying to rerail us from this tangent, but I want to take an opportunity to just shout out one comic that I've started reading recently that I really like called Maniac of New York, which is basically oh. like 
what if uh if if jason takes manhattan had gone somewhere if jason had actually like stayed in manhattan and just sort of become this indestructible endemic threat that gets lumped in with the traffic report like oh we've seen maniac sightings on the upper east side so avoid that neighborhood just punching today. dudes heads off exactly right and yeah. i remember you, t- you telling me about that saying like eventually new yorkers treat it the same way they do covid like yeah we know again yeah we know oh well, you know you take a risk and you're doing anything in this city it's fine yeah. uh anyway <laughs> um but yeah the reptile is fun but is he as fun as number three Spend the entire set in these glass bubbles. It's a big part of their act. Naturally, they need a steady eye. Okay, got weird kind of 60-ish music vibe. 60s, 70s-ish vibe of Deathloop, right? Is that what we're listening to? Yes. So that is is the ether ability in Deathloop, or aether, however it's supposed to be pronounced. Yeah. Something I find really interesting about Deathloop is uh, it was confirmed that this is the same universe as dishonored and yeah. uh if you if you like dig into like discussions about the deep lore you realize like oh so uh it, in with the events of the last dishonored games uh basically magic disappeared from this world but like the potential to tap into whatever was letting people take advantage of these effects is still there and in deathloop they've basically just reverse engineered it with science and this was like we've we've figured out how to use science to replicate the effects of magic by tapping into whatever force that was would you believe that i've so today because it's on game pass i'll plug it because it's a very good game i was playing guilty gear strive which sort of has a similar backstory like technology disappears from the world and then they come to rely on magic and then harness magic like technology and it's just like yeah Mm -hmm. it's uh very similar vibe and oh, aesthetic. That's, but, uh, uh, that's Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light from the 1980s. Yeah. What? what, is, what <laughs> is that? Toy line with holograms that no one remembers. Well, isn't that essentially? Isn't that essentially what Dune is too, with the technology? Kinda. Well, that's you can't yeah. you can't make a machine in the likeness of a human mind. So computers are outlawed. But yeah, we we just have mutations to do the work for us. Ah. I just wanted to make sure I got mm-hmm. my Dune plug. In. That's yeah. good. Yeah, remind me yeah. how you get powers in Deathloop. I really have to finish Deathloop. So like... Deathloop, you get powers by uh, killing people, mostly Juliana, the recurring character that uh, other players can jump into your game as and grief you. But certain characters, when they die, will give up slabs. And to get the this particular slab, you have to kill a guy named Igor Serling, who is uh, an asshole scientist. Uh, here he is shouting at people when you go and try to kill him. If you are anywhere in the complex, I am ordering you to clear out. This entire area is under mandatory lockdown because of my very important night and six breakthrough. Okay? I'm staying right here. Could you do that again, but make it sound more like David Cross? Because we can't afford him, but that's about as close <laughs> as we can get. <laughs> I, I I played this game for a little while, and I think I mentally bogged myself down because I was like, I don't really want to play a game where I just keep fucking dying. I already do that in other games. Like, I want mm. a story. But it's like, 
uh, visually, this game is gorgeous. Like it yeah. looked amazing on my Xbox, and uh, I loved it. I should I should go back to it because I think eventually I was like, whatever, stupid game, I'm going to play Elden Ring again. It was yeah. one of the first PS5 exclusives, right? And it kind it of was, looked yeah. beautiful on there. And then came to Xbox after the Microsoft acquisition. It's on it's on Game Pass now because of that because it's yeah. a Bethesda joint. But it's it's. It's still stylized, right? And so I think it probably looks about the same on last gen platforms, like where it's 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 that you know, not like Nintendo stylized where it's like, yeah, you know, but it, but it's kinda like, yeah, you don't necessarily it's not like photorealism, right? It's this mm-hmm. it's photo surrealism almost. That like yeah. like like it's, a lot of arcane stuff. It's is. a little bit little bit like Dishonored again with like a, a mm-hmm. swinging sixties twist. Also looks cool. It's the only game I've tried the Game Pass beta of Cloud Play with. Oh and, wow! Uh, how, how did that work on this one? It 1080p looked f- like fucking fine, it, yeah. but it just it was just an experiment I was doing with a friend, and it was just like, yeah, there's just like millisecond of yeah. lag. I, I do it, recommend it's, it's just for astonishing that. They, can, they can stream something that fast, that pretty. The yeah. one title I did that a lot with, I did it while I was on vacation, is Yakuza Like a Dragon. Sega employee plug here where like mm-hmm. because that's a turn-based combat game like mm-hmm. yeah the 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 cloud lag really doesn't factor into that those are the those are the kind of games oh, yeah, probably there's, there's best, probably games suited. that are way better suited for that but yeah. so Deathloop, yeah. uh Deathloop. Yeah, it's, Deathloop. it's a game about it, it sort of Death like dishonored loops. you are trying to mm-hmm. assassinate various key members of this cult that has figured out how to basically do a groundhog day but they don't realize that the groundhog day work. only works for two people on their island uh it won't work for all of them every day they begin thinking it's day one of their eternal cycle yeah uh so you have to figure out first how to find and assassinate your targets and then you might have to assassinate them a couple of different times uh before you figure out how to get them all in the same place at the same time for the big finale uh which then will will break the loop but uh it's also unexpectedly funny, given the darkness of the subject matter. Uh, here's the main character, Colt, waking up for the first time and trying to figure out what's going on and who he is. Break the... <coughs> Break the loop? <sighs> you gotta be kidding me. Nope, that's there. I'm seeing it. Ah, oh, man. Who? Who are you? Who, who am I? My name... My name... Son of a fuck! What the fuck's my name? Uh, it sounds a lot like me during like a hangover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Waking up with a real bad hangover, a total case of amnesia. And the fuck's my name? <laughs> has to be told over the radio who he is and what's going on by a woman who's trying to kill him over and over and over again. Right, my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, but yeah, keep keep seeing uh, little signposts that, that it seemed to be floating in the air. That's that's why I said like, yep, I'm seeing that. That's there. Uh, yeah. That may or may not be mental notes left by his former self, but uh, it's it does the thing that I wish more games did. Um, that I think was pioneered in a Splinter Cell game, right? Wasn't that like Chaos Theory or something that has like the it's like in game signage where they they literally uh, will yeah. put they put words on like the walls in the environment that only you chaos, as a player conviction, conviction conviction splinter yeah. cell conviction 
Um, and it's funny because when I was working at a studio, when I was at Striking Distance, I, I saw that that trick is something that devs will do in environments when it's like very early sort of like animatic mock-ups of environments, right? Like it's like, oh yeah, you know, I cre you create a thing called like a gray box, right? Where, yeah, they'll just say like uh, so something, something will go here, right? And it's like literally in environment sticky notes, they are giving themselves as devs, like this is where we need to build this wall or whatever, which is, mm -hmm. I just love though when you when you break that fourth wall and extract that out and be like, yeah, you can you can do that in games. You can, you can give tutorial hints integrated into the environments. It doesn't have to be a pop-up. Yeah. It can be anything. Plus it... Plus, it feels so much like it feels really clever. I remember that specifically with that game, the way it, way it, like you said, kind of breaks the fourth wall and teaches you the almost like a like the way the old Mega Man games would or whatever. Yeah, Splinter Cell, I feel like did it with like it was like more like spotlights on the wall, right? It was it was anyway. Yeah. But yeah, this this game does that a lot. Invisibility. Well. So Invisibility. we're talking a lot Aether. about the game, but not the Aether power, which is pretty cool and kind of op especially yeah. in multiplayer so the way this game works you can you can have a couple of different slabs at any time which give you crazy superpowers uh aethers lets you turn invisible for as long as your power meter holds out and the neat thing about that is that you can you can upgrade it with a couple different things including the ghost ability which means it does not consume any power if you're standing still so if for yeah. example you want to sit somewhere and wait for an enemy player to walk past you. Uh, you can just go completely invisible and just sit there and be invisible indefinitely until they wander into your field of view. And then you can totally get the drop on them. It's got a bunch of stuff like that. It, it has one called Flicker, where if you attack an enemy, it'll only make you appear briefly, but won't actually stop Aether from working. You'll, you'll just turn invisible immediately afterward. Yeah. And yeah, it's and we, uh, we should talk about how the way the PVP works in this game. Oh, yeah, we should. It's a very unique thing. It's a bit like because that that's very Dark Souls, right? Like just yeah. uh, try to blend in with the environment, stand still, become an object or in this case, become invisible. But like Dark Souls, you basically if you turn this option on your game, other players will in they will invade your world as uh, what's what's the woman's Ju name? Juliana as Juliana. And yeah. You will just see, you know, and if you have that option turned off, it's just the computer and you'll, you'll notice Juliana is a lot easier to kill when it's the computer. Yes. But like, you know, yeah, it's just she randomly invades your game while you're playing and you have to kill her because it'll fuck everything else up. It'll alert the other enemies that you're there and you, you don't want her around, you know. Mm. And, and yeah, to, to grief other players like that, that, it's actually a separate mode that you play entirely as Juliana. And uh, it, you, you just jump into other players' games and fuck with them. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not asynchronous multiplayer. I guess it's a it's it's sort of asymmetrical, asymmetrical but not except really. Except you have the same abilities. Yeah, yeah you have yeah. the same abilities. It's but it's just one one person's invading the other one's world. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's it's really clever. Um, this is a great game that I really wish more people had played. I feel like it got a lot of buzz because it was one of the first great PS5 games, and then I just don't hear people talk about it that much. I'm like, no, this is still like one of the best games of this generation. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's just it's difficult. It took me like hours to settle into what the game was doing because you run out and you try and shoot somebody, and you'll just get mer just die immediately over and over again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's and, a tough sell when you say roguelite immersive mm -hmm. sim. Faces mm -hmm. just glaze over at that point. Yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> with I, 
Does it have card-based power-ups, or am I thinking of something else? No, it has the slabs, like you said, and the, yeah. the, but the slabs are unique in that you can only uh, have a couple in your loadout, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think what in- inevitably ends up happening is you'll pick a few favorites. Most people will choose Aether, because stealth is a huge part of this game, and it's kind of like, ah, I wish I had more of a reason to use the other slabs more often, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Aether is a really cool superpower like that. And I think, is it, is it Blink, the, the teleportation one? Like those stayed in my inventory pretty much constantly. Yeah. But um, anyway, let's move on to something truly iconic, according to you guys. Number two. Is that doing anything for you? Yes, that is a halo uh, mm-hmm. cloaking effect sound for sure. Yeah. yeah, the reason I said this was iconic is it's one of the first times I remember seeing the Predator cloaking stuff working in a campaign for a game. Because in Halo, mm. the Covenant enemies, uh, uh, there are cloaked versions of those enemies. That It's always funny though because you can always see their sword because the sword doesn't really <laughs> yeah. cloak. It's like this floating <laughs> sword walking around. But – and then – I think really where it became iconic, though, was Halo 2, where you could play as Keith David Covenant dude um, yeah, in those sequences. Right. Yeah, you got, you got the cloaking ability. Yeah, I have a clip. Engage active camouflage. Reveal yourselves only after the Arbiter has joined battle with the enemy. You may wish to do the same, Arbiter. But take heed. Your armor system is not as new as ours. Your camouflage will not last Yes, your armor is much older and therefore only lasts as long as an on-screen meter does because we don't want you to be too OP. Right. The game designers said it was so. But also, you know, I didn't want to poo-poo the idea of talking about invisibility. I just, uh, I'm pl- I was playing uh, Wu Long, talking about it last week, Woo. and it has a oh. build up your stealth stat, which is basically like being invisible. Like, like upping your... The idea of being invisible in a first-person game—it's <laughs> like well, but it, it like, factors into the multiplayer as well, though, right? Because you can do invisibility stuff, and that—that's really where it starts to play yeah, into I the just, gameplay. Yeah, did I didn't you do get a lot the? Of... Did you get the clip where he's like, "I didn't pull it out for air" to the Master Chief? What? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good though. Um, I d- I did get this this clip though. What use am I? I can no longer command ships. Lead troops into battle. Not as you are, no. But become the Arbiter. And you shall be set loose against this heresy with our blessing. Everybody just got those really deep fireside chat voices. Yes. Just very soothing. It's, it's Keith David, but it, it is hard to take seriously because like when you... grandfather made of tobacco. When you see the Covenant <laughs> animating, it has those flappy jowl jaw mm, things like, off yeah, to the side. Yeah, they sides. got predator mouths. Yeah, they, have, they have mandibles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, less serious mandibles. than... Do you, think those, do you think those mandibles taste like chicken? <laughs> but Maybe. Mandible is, is gonna, supposed to be my company name for my new edibles company. Yeah, yeah there it is. But only Mandibles. for men. Yeah. Yeah. You like Joe Rogan's show? Uh, right. Mandibles, the Lunchables Man. for men. You tired of all these soy boy <laughs> pussy gummies? Mandibles. Boom, Mandibles. boom, boom. And flavors <laughs> like sawdust. Raw <laughs> fruit oil. Scotch. Scotch. <laughs> Finely aged Cuban cigar. Mouthful of teeth. <laughs> right. <laughs> because microdosing is for yeah. pussies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a clip of one of my favorite bits from Halo with the the weird 
confrontation where Master Chief and the Arbiter finally realized we're really on the same side, guys, because a giant rotting horror has them in its clutches <laughs> and yeah. uh, wants to educate them. This thing is right. Halo is a weapon. Your prophets are making a big mistake. Your ignorance already destroyed one of the Sacred Rings, demon. It shall not harm another. If you will not hear the truth, then I will show it to you. Gross. That's that's where most people... I think Halo lost a lot of people. With Was it the ending of 2 or it's just like this... What do they call that thing? It's it's The like grave mind. The grave mind, yes. Where it's like yeah. this just giant tentacled thing, underwater thing that... Uh, controls the flood and and yeah the flood always felt like a big cop out like hey let's just throw a zombie game on top of this sci-fi shooter where yeah. the ai well, was interesting and now it just runs at me full speed mm-hmm. well i think the the thing that people didn't like about halo 2 was that it went on for a couple levels after that and then it just ends on a cliffhanger and master chief says i'm gonna finish the fight and then we have to wait for halo 3 to come out we on like xbox 360 yeah <laughs> uh but <laughs> Yeah, that that also used to be like a trend back then of like, oh, the second game will end on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And like, right. I, I remember um, Eternal Darkness even made a joke about that. Like, they, there's like a, a surprise ending in like, I think the second or third chapter of that game that's just like, the story will conclude in Eternal Darkness 2, oh, Sanity's was, Redemption. That was one of the psych- psychotic effects. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, they, yeah. That, that's the game of fucking with you. And yeah, it was kind of, yeah. kind of brilliant, honestly. Yeah. That's a but game yes. that really did deserve a sequel. Fuck it. Yeah. But Halo. Yeah, but Halo. Halo uh, cloaking device, pretty iconic and, and is definitely, in my mind at least, the best use of the Predator cloak in action in a video game. Because you can yeah. you can you can sort of always see their outline. You do have to be looking for it though. But yeah, you can certainly see like, oh, there is there's a shimmery thing coming my way. I better unload a clip into that. And then it's very satisfying when you do get the cloaking device pop to pop, just like when their shields pop. It's like, okay, yeah, now I'm just yeah. I can see them to kill them. So I think yeah, two two was the only one you had it as like a built in power up and then I think it, it's just like an acquirable power up in other later games was it you can sometimes use in the campaign five had like the weird abilities you could load in and out and especially in the multiplayer um i don't know that infinite has a cloaking device it might i don't even remember god i liked i loved infinite but that just tells you it didn't really make a lasting impression that that first clip is from infinite so yes it does have a cloaking device okay the the auto optic camouflage i I want my active I want my victims to look me in the eye before I take in the, or the face, face shield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want my victims to look themselves in their own eyes as they die. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's just wrap this up with It looks like they were cut by some type of blade. Some type of blade, a daywalker, if you will. Half man, half vampire. That's all I can think of. What's up, fang fuckers? <laughs> I love, I, wow. I love that. I love that all of his lines from Blade were all like improvised too, basically. Uh, beautiful. But um, uh, yeah, this is what game? Is this a Metal Gear? 
this this is Metal Gear Solid. That that is the iconic moment where you see the the Cyber Ninja for the first time. Oh, and yes. he is cloaked, and it, it just seems to be like a bunch of dudes are being hacked to pieces by some sort of angry ghost. And uh, but optical camouflage, as it's called, factors into this game pretty heavily. Uh, Otacon, when you first meet him, uses it to stay safe around Shadow Moses and. If you like, there, there, you can you can get it for your own use, which is why it's number one on this list. If you finish the game, but you fail the torture sequence, which you kind of have to do deliberately, if you, unless you're just like, man, I don't want to mash this button. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna no, I'll let Meryl die. That's fine, and I'll get an optical camouflage out of it for my second playthrough, and I can use that to get through the game much faster and save her and get the infinite ammo headband. And now I'm bored. Uh, <laughs> Them's the breaks. Them's the yeah. trade-offs. Got to let uh, someone die if you want that uh, active camo or optical mm -hmm. camo. Yeah, yeah. Say. But yeah, it it basically turns Snake. It 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 has like the predator effect where you you're you sort of become a blockier, sort of greenish yellow, translucent version of yourself that just runs around because otherwise it would be uh, not very much fun controlling a literally invisible person. It also factors into one of the most, the other most memorable moments in the game, where you get onto a uh, an elevator that keeps talking about how it's mysteriously over its limit when it's just you on there. There were five stealth camouflage prototypes in my lab. Yeah, so? If you take out the one I'm wearing, that leaves four. Hey, this isn't first grade math class. I thought I'd get problem. one for you. So I went back to the lab and... Yeah? The four suits were missing. Oh, no. Also, about the elevator that I checked out, it's really strange. It was like someone was intentionally holding it. Yeah, he's telling you this while you're riding said elevator. But if Johnny <laughs> gave Susie two of the suits, how many suits mm -hmm. would be left over, Snake? Snake! <laughs> it would take at least six people to put this elevator over its weight limit. <laughs> yeah, how heavy were these guys? Were they were they cloaking actual metal gears in that elevator? Come on. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, it's it's just a cool moment where like yeah, the invisible people it's it's sort of like the Captain America elevator yeah, scene yeah. if he didn't know that those guys were there. Right. Yeah. And then and then yeah, you have to fight all of them at once. And it's it's super cool. But yes, having your own uh, optic camouflage is pretty cool. It makes that game super easy. Maybe not quite as easy as you'd expect. But uh, it's also kicked off a grand tradition of uh, other types of camouflage throughout Metal Gear. For example, uh, arguably Metal Gear Solid 4 has one that makes you even more functionally invisible. Octocamo is a newly developed camouflage technology that's capable of almost exactly mimicking the appearance of objects and surfaces. It's easy to use, too. All you have to do is press up against a wall or object, or lie flat on the ground while wearing the suit. It can be a powerful tool if you use it right. So tell me, how does it feel? <sighs> Not as itchy as I'd have thought. Uh, but yeah. How does he think, <laughs> think camouflage is going to be itchy? I mean, he's an old guy. Uh, Everything's probably itchy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that, yeah, that kind of came out of Metal Gear Solid 3, which made oh God. you constantly adjust your, right. your camouflage to fit whatever environment you were on. It's like, oh, I've crawled 
off of uh, some some grassy area and onto a sandy area. Better change into the chocolate chip camouflage. The chocolate chip pattern is probably designed to provide cover in a desert environment. It should work best against a sandy or rocky background. Or a cookie factory. Makes Just sense, saying. But why'd you call it chocolate chip? Because that's what it reminds me of. What? Those little round cookies the Major's always snacking on? They're not cookies, they're scones. Major. <laughs> and it's not a cookies. snack, it's afternoon tea. Snack? Tea? Same thing? No, it's not. We call not. them biscuits. Look here, afternoon tea is a fine old English tradition. Uh-oh, here we go again. Talk to you later, Snake. The origins of afternoon tea go back to the Victorian era. Anna Maria, the seventh Duchess of Bedford, was... Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's a reference it's... for no one but Michael that if you wanted to blend into the wall next to the bathroom at Games Radar, mm-hmm. the chocolate yeah, chip sure. cookie camouflage. Optimal, mm-hmm. yeah. That's right, we're going to break into the Toll House factory and then take <laughs> down the Keebler elves. That, the so the that... future's walls were lined with, in, what, what did our boss call them? Unnecessarily large cookies. <laughs> like, yeah. why, why is this here? Just massive, massive cookies. Well, Can you repaint th- this? That actually came up for me at work this week because some of my coworkers were saying like, oh, here's a video I was in where we did a promo spot with Cheez-It. Like, oh, here we did a promo spot with this racing game. And I'm like, well, as long as we're talking about promo videos that we did, and I brought up the Dead Island thing. Ah, the first question I was video. asked was, why did your office have a giant cookie wall? <laughs> it's ridiculous. It was fucking ridiculous. Because it's why the future. They... Everyone knows I, I... the future's full of cookies. But I, they were renting, so that means whoever <laughs> built that building, like, let's get something neutral. Yeah, Keebler yeah. Elves. Keebler <laughs> Elves. Giant fucking cookies. Um, giant cookies. Do you get, do you get lava, game... lava camouflage? I want lava camouflage. Mm. This minigame was so fucking annoying. It was one of the reasons I originally bounced off Metal Gear 3 back in the day, because like all it was is like, it was a menu system. You had to constantly go into your mm-hmm. menu, and there was a percentage readout that would tell you like what percentage hidden you were, right? And and then it became a guessing game of like, okay, well, I will keep trying on camos until I get that percentage. I think it's as high. You wanted it as high as possible, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it was just like it was this game of kind of guessing because it was this was a PS2 game, right? Yep. Yep. So it's not like the textures were high res. It was fucking like, you know, like, I guess this camo will work better. Like, it's all washed out fucking blurry textures anyway, um, which is so I bounced off it, but which is why I was glad with the Octo camo. It just did the work for you. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're just going to hit a button and it's going to just remember to switch your camo, which is only made possible on the cell architecture of the PS3. Never been possible before or since. Yeah, uh, it's the only way you can play that game other than streaming it, I guess. Which yeah. I, are there just servers, server farms of PS3s that are, are enabling this streaming on PlayStation Plus? I, right I have now? to assume so. <laughs> with all the with all the remakes that come out, I'm s- kind of shocked there hasn't been a Metal, Metal Gear Solid remake. Yeah, like it's weird. Ones. Yeah, there's got there's got to be something we don't know yet because that's well, also like hmm. the guy's no longer there. Uh, he yeah. probably has some ownership rights but, or some reason that they can't do that without I, him, right? I can't imagine, like, and, and, and you know, because all the all the other Konami games are getting re-released. Uh, it it may also be that Metal Gear Solid Four has some licensed music and uh, some other probably. things that were licensed. But even and some even crossovers then it was, it, with like it was Ubisoft. One of the only maybe true third party PS3 exclusives. It didn't go anywhere else. Ever. Yeah, that's true. I, I just I just have to assume it's maybe tricky to port that to a different system. 
uh, for well, licensing reasons. But if it if it's a remake, it's not a port at that point, right? It's it's literally just like yeah, yeah. taking the level layouts and rebuilding the yeah, assets. Yeah, sure. I mean. I don't know, maybe, maybe I haven't played the game in forever. Maybe it just gameplay-wise hasn't aged well enough where it would be worth that re- hmm. remake, right? I tried going back to it after playing 5, and it was a little difficult for me. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is like old-style controls, and it's just a little harder to wrap my head around. But, yeah, because doing the Dead Space thing that they just did with that remake, that's expensive. You know, that is, yeah. that is still a risky proposition. Yeah, but if it one game, it would probably work well for. I just have to believe that Konami saw what happened with Metal Gear Survive, which I don't mm. think it was, you know, tearing up the sales charts. And probably was like, hey, we, we sort of need to give this franchise a rest or really figure out what we want to do with the next one and make it a something that everyone will want to play. Because I think it's without Kojima... I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if people like are if there's interest in Metal Gear if if Kojima's not there. You know? I, and I think having worked at a Japanese company before, grudges like that can stop <laughs> easy money. Like sometimes, like mm. if there's bad blood between Homeboy and the remaining people there, he I, I I can't imagine he has anything in his contract to where he'd even get a cent. From a re-release, yeah. but uh, it's Probably not impossible. Not. He's, he's an employee. He's not like a you know contract creator or whatever. You never know. Like the, yeah. I mean, I don't Japanese know are nicer is. to their uh, developers over there, so there's yeah. yeah. Could well, have I think he semi-retired a few times, and they kept having him come back. So he might have you know as a stipulation, like okay, I'll come back, but you're going to yeah. give me a cut of this. He, he did keep yeah. saying this will be the last Metal Gear. I think from yeah. around Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, the origin story of Metal Gear, right? Like, he came back after 2 because mm-hmm. 2 wasn't the same. And he he had his other, what was it, MSX? The MSX thing was his, but the... the mm-hmm. yeah, so, Superior so maybe has, Snake's Revenge was not... Right. So <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't know. But there's there's some reason they, they haven't remade 4, but... Um, yeah. Uh, it's a good one. Remade. It's a good it one like, of those. Like, even ported. Like, I just, I'm still shocked. Because I, I remember everyone kept asking, like, how much did Sony pay for this exclusive? And they're just like, they didn't. Hmm. They didn't. They did, there was no money exchanged hands. And, you know, I learned later on, like, yeah, sometimes there's handshake deals that go on. And they, that's that's respected. I mean, I don't there. know for sure that that was the case with MGS4. But that's that's what I remember them saying. Like, they, yeah, they said okay. on the record over and over again that Sony didn't pay anything. Hmm. Uh, we just yeah, liked that much. They definitely supported it with, like, promotions though like like yeah, media yeah. i they I, it's it's I, my, had it's how i bought the console right? in the metal gear bundle hmm. yeah okay so all right anyway but well, it, but yeah a good use of camo and I, yeah. I did love that the octo camo just gradually made it easier and easier what what did they do in five did five have any sort of it had a few like yeah this? It, it didn't have like metal gear solid threes uh camouflage but i think you know there were there were a few different ways you could disguise yourself uh, I think it had unlockable optical camouflage, maybe. Uh, but, you know, it did have one mode of camouflage that the real heads, the real Metal Gear fans, know going back to the 8-bit days is the best way to disguise yourself in any situation where there might be shipping boxes around. Uh, Snake, what are you doing? I'm in a box. A cardboard <laughs> box? Why are you... I don't know. I was just looking at it and... Suddenly, I got this irresistible urge to get inside. No, not just an urge. More than that. It was my destiny to be here. In the box. (laughs) Destiny? Yeah. And then, when I put it on, I suddenly got this feeling of inner peace. I can't 
put it into words, I feel safe. Like this is where I was meant to be. Like I'd found the key to true happiness. Uh-huh. Does any of that make sense? Not even a little. You should come inside the box. Then you'll know what I mean. <laughs> I can't put it into words, but I can put it into song. Yeah, this is my snake in a box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Snake in a box, girl. Come inside the box. <laughs> and oddly, this cardboard box is itchy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it would be. Yeah, Not cardboard, as itchy yeah, as cardboard. Yeah. Uh, Chris brought up something earlier I meant to comment on. So I do love that in other games, and we almost put... We almost put like Skyrim and, and some of those games on here because they have two forms of invisibility. One is straight up like drink a potion and you are, yes, mm. in the fiction invisible. The other one they have is just stealth meters where like if you yeah. get powerful enough, you can just crouch in front of someone and they won't be able <laughs> <Yep>. to see you. <laughs> Te- technical Which is the most video game ass shit ever. Yeah. And we we <laughs> talked about like Mark of the Ninja too, which is like, hey, you spend most of that game like hiding in shadows, like not technically invisible, but people right. still can't see you. Well, and I think, say... If you think of something truly scary, I'm trying to think what would scare me more: somebody running at me in full speed, somebody running at me full speed cloaked, or someone crouched and just staring at me right in front, right in front of me. <laughs> Holy shit, is that frightening? I'd pretend they weren't there too. What were you going to say, Ryan? <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to be really scared when there's a child in front of you. Oh, God. Just quietly sitting there. So will I. This is your son. No! Wasn't wasn't that in Insidious or something? I was reading one of those internet viral articles. It's like, yeah, there's a scene where a woman walks outside, sees like a kid dancing inside the house. And then if you actually watch that scene again, she walks by him, but he's just so still that she doesn't see him the first time. Like he's there the that's, whole time. Yeah. That's mm. true. And you know what? I thought insidious was terrifying, like honest to God. But the second that little, like, I don't know, little paper boy from like the 1920s showed up, it took me right out. <laughs> like what the hell did this kid from newsies just do walking? Right. Out of the yeah. Set? Yeah. He's talking about Doogie Hauser. That was one of the newsy kids, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that has been our top five invisibility powers. Woohoo! I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to take a little break. You can't see us. No, can't see us during this break. We're doing the John Cena. Uh, We're all doing the Cena. Because we're going to go out with the time is now John Cena's entrance theme. And then we're going to get into some news, some new releases, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Your time is up. My time is now. Now. You can't see me. My time is now. Now. It's the franchise. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. 1978, they're shooting Superman 1 and Superman 2 back-to-back. I'm kind of becoming comic-obsessed in the early to mid-80s. I think Superman 3 is on the verge of coming to video, but basically I could just rent the first two over and over again. So I watch those over and over and over again. And to me, they 
they warm my heart. And by the time the Donner cut came out in, what are we talking, 06? Coin- 06, I think, yeah. To coincide. Like, I watched it and, like, you know, I read this is technically better. I was a little kid. I didn't know what happened. I didn't want this version. It, I felt nothing when I saw it because, like, this is just not the n- nostalgic version I have for Superman. And Steve has an, an experience I'd like to talk about. It's hard to call any of these movies good because they're all bad and pee in the eye of Superman and, and everything you know about it. <laughs> okay, okay. Them. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LaserTime. And welcome back to our second segment, where we're just going to roll straight into that beautiful... ...segment. Uh, Valheim, not new, technically, but new to Xbox and out now. New to, to, new to yeah. Chrissy Boy, yeah. who's, who's... You playing it? Be, because it was... Well, I was saying this off mic, because, like, my whole, like, last 20 years has been... Like the internet, I work on a piece. I work on a computer. I go home and I work on a computer, and now I just associate that with work and not fun. And I just don't PC game. And I know Valheim wasn't a super taxing uh, it was game. a voxel game. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's like it's taxing his Minecraft, but a little more. But yeah, but yeah, like I just I won't sit here unless I'm working. <laughs> I can't PC game anymore just for like my own sanity because I just sit here too much. Uh, so for me, Valheim, like I've been dying. I, I, I can't remember a game that I just love people talking about their experiences with it uh, as much the, the anecdotes from Valheim. And yeah, I'm more for- curious to see what you guys would have to say, because you mentioned something about it in the chat, like, eh, keyboard was kind of integral to this experience. Well, yeah, so, so for those who don't know what Valheim is, it is, a, think like survival crafting game, like... Mm-hmm. Meets Minecraft, right? It's it's technically like a voxel game, yeah, with Vi- in a Viking environment. It's a voxel survival game where you build you, know, you build settlements and and stuff to protect against waves of enemies coming at you. And yeah. it's just it's one of those games that like it has a co op feature where there's so many people with so many fun Valheim stories of like oh and then I was out here exploring this thing and I died and it took me 30 minutes to sail back to where I found all my gear oh that's and my story me. yeah that yeah, happened yeah, to yeah. me a lot but what makes part of what makes Valheim interesting and very approachable is that it the, the world is divided up into different biomes and mm-hmm. each biome is like a quote unquote level it's like it's a big open Minecraft style world but if you go into a new biome each biome has like specific resources that you can harvest, specific items that you can build, and all of that is in service to eventually fighting that biome's boss. Yeah. So there is there is a definite like path that you're on that like you're you're not just fucking around and trying to survive. You you have goals that you can work toward that are very tangible. And uh yeah, I I had a ton of fun with it. I could not put it down for weeks. And when I finally reached the end of like what content was in there in 2021, it was it felt like pulling a needle out of my arm. Like I'm done. Ah, <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm for all intents and purposes done. <laughs> I'm You're done with this game finished. that's still technically in early access. Yeah, like that. That's what's weird is I. So I played it when it first came out on PC on Steam, and I didn't want to put too much time into it because I knew it was early access. And so what I typically do with those games is I'll dip in and out and be like, okay, what did they add? How did that change things? But like 
Yeah, I, I don't like to put too much time into them if I know it's not the official release, right? Like like something like Hades, I'm glad I waited, right? Like I didn't have mm-hmm. to check in as it was in development. It's like, yeah, I played it when it was good. Um, yes. Dead Cells was an early access game, wasn't it? Forever. It was, and, yeah. And, and then it, and it came out and it was amazing. So, But this game I knew right away. I'm like, this will be excellent when it's in full release. And it has been – it's still technically in – early access like if you if you play this on pc game pass which apparently i think it launched last september it's still xbox calls early access like game preview or something Mm -hmm. like that that's 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 what i think is funny i'm playing an xbox game preview of an early access game (laughs) yeah well it's i mean that's just their version and it but it, it has finally come to console and what we were saying in chat is just like i mean a big aspect of this game is the building mechanics which you know, are more suited to mouse and keyboard. Although, like, I play a ton of Minecraft on console, like, to this day. Still play a lot of Minecraft, and, like, it's great with a controller. And so I, I, there's very there's ways you can do it, and it would work just fine. So, yeah, I... I, I, had, a really, I had a really tough time. Okay, with the building. With the building specifically. Yeah. And, and some of it, like, it is... I've, I've just never played anything on uh, Xbox that is so clearly a PC game trying its best to optimize itself a little bit in increments while I'm yeah. playing it. Yeah, you well, have since, to redo your like, UI if you're going to do Since, that. like, mm-hmm. PUBG. PUBG, uh, PUBG oh, was very much, like, when it came to Xbox, like, this is not a finished or polished game. This is a work in progress. And it was still amazing. I just, like, you know, I'm still, like, finding, figuring out what to do in Valheim. And then it got build a roof over your workbench and like holy shit this is terrible <laughs> like this 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 almost cannot be done with a controller yeah. it, you have to be put a roof on it like dude you will not let me connect two pieces of roofs there's nothing i can do there's been one two day night cycles in between me trying to line up these roofs with a controller it's not working i hadn't i i hadn't even heard of this game and i just looked it up online and it looks gorgeous it really does I yeah i it kind of reminds me of a more nordic version of what i was playing i think michael i kind of brought it up when we did our episode but uh medieval dynasty a little bit mm-hmm. but just with the with the building and the aspects i know you said it kind of sh- sort of shit the bed for you chris with the building but... no, no 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 not 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 really because it looked like i thought i was gonna i needed it told me to build a roof obviously if you're building a roof they should connect this is impossible. Like, this cannot happen. I cannot do this with a controller. Hmm. This is really frustrating. And, like, you know, little, like, Matt was saying, like, I don't know how you do this without a keyboard and, like, with a bunch of creative mapping and just, you know, as a console and primarily console gamer, it's like the B button is mapped to exit, not here. It is a vital button that you need to use like it just won't work in most situations to exit because mm-hmm. it needs to be used for all these other functions and um it's miraculous in how it's optimized to not need a keyboard but it's really clunky and i don't know if there's a solution to that but like it's it's a it's a game preview in early access it was it was already transfixing just because like things were a little easier and faster than in something like um, when I remember playing Minecraft on consoles hmm. when it first came out. The the weird part to me that it's in early access. I don't know. 
So the whole point of early access is they're supposed to be feed feedback mechanisms so that the dev can hear feedback like this and make those adjustments. How do you do that through Xbox? Is there yeah, like I don't a know. form you submit? Like I've 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 never gone looking for uh, that. You go on Twitter and you scream obscenities at there them. You there you go. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't honestly know because like my frustrations with the game are just like, well, there's a lot going on and there's a lot to do. It's a ton it's to a, do it doesn't, in this game. Yeah. It doesn't control like any console game you've ever played before. No. Uh, nothing does what you think it should do because there's so many things happening. There's so many tools to use. Well, sometimes it... Sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. I know I played Age of Empires 2 forever, and now the console version came out. Mm-hmm. And for the first probably three hours, I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do in this game now? I don't have a keyboard, but it it, it sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. No, I, I'm of- just – I'm only baffled because, like, it's intriguing already. I've been looking forward to this game for a while. Right. But I've had to like look up a tutorial, like why isn't this roof building? Mm-hmm. And I look up a PC tutorial, and the guy's like zip zam boom, and then I sneeze, and everything's done. And like this took <laughs> me and a controller like an hour. Like, and I, I was late coming on the show because I'm still fucking playing around with it and getting better with stuff. It's still uh, like I don't, I don't know of another experience like it so far. No, that's um, the thing is, is there's a lot to play around with. There's a lot of game there already for a game in early access. I think they've been adding. I I haven't jumped back in, but I assume Michael they must have added new biomes since you and I played it back in the day. Uh, possibly, or at least you know when I when I finished it, I remembered like turning on cheats and just flying around the world and finding out like oh there's like two or three more biomes than what I explored, and they are totally unpopulated. There's like a lava biome. There's like uh, a forest that's just filled with giant cobwebs. There's an icy region and like oh and, and yeah we should like, if we hadn't said it, it's, it's procedurally generated yeah so like yeah yeah, yeah my, it's all different. like I, I don't even know if I can open up my world to people coming in it yet but like it's kind of amazing how how smooth it, like it, it doesn't obviously run as smooth as most Xbox Series X games but it's like. The stuff going on under the hood, like this, can only be on the newer. It's not on. Uh, it's not compatible, I believe, with Xbox One. Oh. And mm. they were asked about, like, is this coming to PlayStation? They're like, no. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, no this, plans currently, right? Like, they're still trying to yeah. finish the PC version of the game, which will. They already have a ton of sales with the early access because that's the other thing. Is I think right now. If you are a Game Pass member and you want to buy, quote unquote, buy this game, it's it's fifteen dollars on sale because it's it's normally only twenty dollars to get this game, hmm. and then you get that you know the built-in discount with Game Pass. So it's like for fifteen bucks, there's so much game here, and yeah. and obviously what'll probably happen is when it comes out, they'll increase the price, right? Like so you kind of pay that discount rate because you are you're paying like to be a adopter. beta tester, yeah. <laughs> you know? But uh, but still, yeah, this- it's, it's quite good. So. I know this might be like a question for a, a whole episode, but like, is there a game that you would consider like the best that started as early access and then came full Ooh, circle? That is, that's a phenomenal question of the week. I think we mm, should uh, cool. do that yeah. for question of the week yeah. at the end of the show. That's a good I idea. choose Hades there. Mm-hmm. I do too. You. That's one of my favorite <laughs> games of all fucking time. Yeah, I let's, love let's that do it game. at the end of the show all for right. question. That's a good one. Fair enough. Uh, tell me about Bayonetta Origins uh, Cerveza and the Lost Demon. <laughs> Cerveza. It's a uh, Spanish cherry which i didn't uh, i didn't know Some, somehow that always escaped my my attention but uh but is it any good so he's on the last demon uh it's interesting i played a bit of the demo 
Um, then get a glowing very recommendation. F- well, <laughs> well, it's if like if if you if you want Bayonetta, it's not Bayonetta. There you go. So like if you wanted, if you like Bayonetta, why this? Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's that's it's my, like a storybook, uh, not quite point and click style, but it's like an adventure game where. Like, uh, Ceresa, who's teenage Bayonetta, has, like, specific powers that she can use to interact with the environment. And eventually you get this demon named Cheshire that can actually attack your enemies for you. Um, but, yeah, what what I've played is mostly just, like, uh, go down the hill and uh, get, grab a pail of water and bring it back. Okay, now go use your powers to, to grow these oh. demonic uh, herbs and pick them. <laughs> To me, it's just like, it feels like, did you like this movie? I love this movie. Well, you're really going to enjoy this Denny's placemat mix. Like, <laughs> or, I, like, like, or no. yes, everybody's been pining for the Link cooking simulator. Yeah. What it reminds me more of is the Darksiders spinoff that was an isometric Yeah, yeah a little now. bit of that. Yeah. But, it, but it, yeah, it's it's like... That's not why I'm here for Bayonetta. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm, I'm here for yeah, I want fucking boot stuff. guns and shit. You yeah. Know? Like, but, like, if you're invested in the character and you want to see, like, young versions of these characters with a very, you know, children's storybook style presentation. Nope. And I want to sexualize like these it, characters. And I <laughs> it is it is an interesting approach. Uh, like, I, I think it's, you know, it's very much trying to do its own thing. But, yeah, yeah if you're expecting... Ban out of four, that's not what this is. Of course not. No, no, no. But anyway. You mean to say there's no tits? Fuck that. <laughs> I think, no. I, this sounds like hubris just all the way to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, how? Why? It, it almost sounds like a game where they're like, we should s- slap a brand on this other yeah, game maybe. that exists. You know? But there, by the way, there is a demo on Switch. If you want to try this, mm-hmm. uh, if you are a, a Bayonetta super fan, uh, there's a free demo to go download right now. So try it out. Um, a game I haven't had a chance to try out because a certain friend of the show hasn't been able to get us codes and we understand but I will be I will try it out because the reviews are really good so far for WWE 2K23 Hmm. yeah man I I think I can kind of you know just sort of run with it Uh, I'm getting to guess there's a lot of wrestling Yes. Uh, yeah, it's going to look really good. Um, there's a, I think it's the the stuff I've been hearing a lot about is like the there's some cool franchise like manager mode yeah, type manager stuff modes. in there um, that is uh, working this year. And yeah, it's it's getting better Metacritic scores. So I um, I'm very excited to play it. Um, you know, wrestling games. I, I'm excited just because because like uh man, when did 2K take over development? Like two three games ago. Oh, more than and that. Oh oh, I see what you mean from yeah 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 yeah. They've, from they've, from Ukes, from Ukes. Uh, they've been publishing are, it forever. But yeah, I know. You yeah, mean, you want they brought it. You want to talk about a cover curse like re- <laughs> announcing AEW's fight forever with CM Punk on the cover? Whoops, a daisy. Hmm. And now they're that getting well. Happening. That's what I'm very anxious to see. What this game is, um, the roster, because these rosters are so fluid, and wrestlers kind of jump companies and go through the forbidden door. As they, call I think it. if you, I think if you tried with a wrestling game, you could pinpoint the day they solidified all of the contracts it it'd probably like september 5th that's when bray wyatt was there and like you could probably figure that out because and after that there's like no more till the dlc uh-uh. yeah we've done the and, work and this guy's staying in the game i don't care if he left the company yeah, yeah uh, i don't care if he's guilty of murder like uh like he's gonna be in the game i don't care if rick rude took your championship belt to nitro <laughs> it's a, it's a and, and just sold it for another mustache <laughs> 
Hey, he was hey, it's an upper body business, bro. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. WWE two K twenty three. We will um we'll we'll have thoughts as soon as we can. I feel like it would be kind of cool to get like a Telltale Games version of like uh, the wrestler kind of type of game, like Ooh, a behind yeah. the scenes. Sure, Ooh, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I don't like mind that. Y'all be players, don't hate my game. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is these games do have in the grand 2K tradition redonkulous story modes. Like I think the mm. one from two years ago. It just gets outlandish and kind of it's like at one point I was fighting like almost the entire WWE roster as like this. It's all it's all in kayfabe, right? So it's like, well, yeah, you're yeah. fighting to get on the roster and not versus like, oh, you're an independent contractor uh, performer that Vince McMahon has signed to a contract. It's like, no, you have to fight to get on this roster. Like, OK, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sure. when I was a few years ago, they they they. WWE game uh, began being developed by 2K internally rather than the people who'd made it for like the last 20 years. Yeah, the other team had like 20 years to build off of and like this is starting fresh. And I think that first game came out with kind of like people were disappointed, but like give it like two or three years and this is going to be like an exciting annual release. And I think we finally hit that with 2K23. Visual concepts. Visual concepts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was a V. Back when there. they did, you know, then they were 2K sports. Great tennis games. Tennis games, ama- amazing tennis the, the games. The fucking 2K tennis was dope, dude. Yeah. Pete Sampras. I'm not kidding. It's the OP. fucking amazing. OP. <laughs> Pete Sampras. Married to Veronica Vaughn in real life for many years. What? The, the really? woman from Billy Madison, Veronica Vaughn, really? the actress from... Uh, introduced in Last Action Hero? What? I forget her was name not, right now, but... She, no, you're right. She, uh, I can't think of her name. Shit. Me neither. Uh, I, I, always, I the second I saw her, I'm like, that's Sonya Blade, right? That's was Sonya Blade, yeah, 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 yeah. And she was cool. Oh, uh, I forget her name. Um, also see. out this week is Anno 1800, the console edition. Uh, so this has been, you know, it's it's the classic PC city building game. Uh, Anno 1800, set during the Industrial Revolution, got really, really good reviews on PC and is now available on PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Uh, new gen only. And uh, they have completely overhauled the UI to make it console friendly, to make it more visible when you're playing on a TV as opposed to sitting at a desk in front of a monitor. And uh, it's it's an accurate translation of the experience. So, you know, you can build your own Victorian empire if you want. Child labor? Mm, no. Oh. It's all very above board. It's like, what if we'd done this the right way and not yeah. just exploited people? And ah. yeah. This is the game when I played on PC. Like, these are very much like supply chain games. They're mm-hmm. all about efficiency and trading between your islands and stuff. Um not to be confused with The Settlers, which is the other Ubisoft franchise about efficiency and supply chains. Just mm-hmm. one typically has more of an RTS fighting emphasis than the other. Um, yeah. But no, and Anno are like, they're great. They're great ant farm games, man. If you just want to see a bunch of people managing resources and trading and shit like that. And, and it's uh, probably competes, I'd say, like with Tropico. Like yeah. that's the closest competitor I can think of. Like, yeah, you're building like empires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like oh, this looks badass. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's yeah, got it's... that very European aesthetic. It's it's neat. oh hell yeah, and it's only well, forty bucks I, I, for the standard I, edition. Yeah. There you go. I believe this game uh, didn't it direct Evangelion? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, a joke for me. I no understood. Wow. It was a By joke way, for me. 
That actress's name is Bridget Wilson, or Bridget Wilson, if we're going to remember. Uh, oh, of Love Stinks? Yes. Uh, the French Stewart classic? Yes, I saw that movie <laughs> in theaters in the Beverly Center, in a theater where the screen was no bigger than like a, like a big TV nowadays. Like That's how unpopular that movie was in its theatrical <laughs> release. It they put so much work into the title. Right. Brigitte Wilson, who's turning 50 this year. Wow. Hey. I'm getting you confused with Brigitte Nielsen, who's read Sonia. I, I think, well, I think she's just Bridget Wilson. We're doing Brigitte to be uh, funny. I see, I see. I see. Who I dated just like Flavor Flav? Right, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. I mean, it was never really Flav's clear. Flavor girlfriend Bridget, mm-hmm. Bridget I think she was married at the time, so like, you know, they it was one of those things that's like, oh, will they, won't they? They seem to be hanging off each other a lot. But Yeah, they seem to be being fed alcohol instead of food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Yes. That's the other really scary thing about Milf Manor. They're constantly fucking drunk. Oh, so yeah. you're just like this is this is just that, that's, that's why rules, I imagine they, they move these productions to other countries where, like, this is legal. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you can do something. We can film you doing whatever we want, however much we plow you. I just love booze. that this is the MILF Manor episode of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I Some of the women and some of the... Well, the, the worst part is the kids, the, the sons, all look like babies. I don't know if you guys have this now where you see, like, high school kids and you're like... You're still on your mom's boob, aren't you? Yeah. Like, what yeah. are you yeah. doing learning? Yeah, like, call me when you grow your first back here, idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, got nothing. We got nothing in common mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, people my age look like high school kids to me, and high school kids look like babies. That's how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Yeah. People your age looking like high school, those would be some fucked up high school kids. Like, <laughs> have some weird glandular problems if they look like us in high school. Man. Uh, you same. know, you know, like every, everyone your own age looks the appropriate age, and everyone who's younger it, looks too cr- young. We're, we're like, I we're like 42 that, Jump Street over here, Michael. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I didn't weird. know that would happen until occasionally during in a search, not a search, but like looking, glancing over adult entertainment, like. I don't want to look at these fucking children. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sex. Like, do I actually have to click on the MILF thing just to get someone my... Oh, I guess I do. Mm-hmm. This is how this works. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to your new fetish. <laughs> this is how this works. Oh, shit. Isn't oh. that the where's the beef lady? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see anybody without stretch marks. This is bullshit. <laughs> when you start uh, finding Betty White attractive, you know you're getting mm-hmm, older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call me when you grow some hips. Jeez. All right. Let's move on to... Nintendo's Doug Bowser Wowser says mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom's $70 price reflects its full, deeply immersive experience, quote unquote. Um, so, he, so you know, Doug Bowser is out there kind of explaining how Nintendo thinks they can charge 70 for Tears of the Kingdom, and they can because I've already pre ordered mm-hmm. it. Um, but the interesting part of this quote to me, like he's explaining, yeah, this, this game's going to be super immersive full of you know just amazing really long all that blah 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 blah. but he kind of closes it out with um he references the fact that the business model of pricing games to content is something kind of it's unique in america that we don't do that and in other countries like that's what they've done forever like specifically in japan right like rpgs back in the day sort of used to 
increase it was a supply and demand thing certainly but also just like yeah you're sort of paying for content like you might pay 120 dollars for this game because there's a fucking ton of this game to pay for right? yeah but and, you know i'm not gonna pay you know 40 dollars for a three-hour movie you know i don't pay more to see avengers just because it's y- longer. yes but like i i looked it up a movie the cost of a mo- the average cost of a movie when the first zelda came out is three dollars mm. ninety one cents? How much is the cost of a movie now? Yeah, roughly twenty. Yeah, roughly mm-hmm. twenty bucks. So, and like, I, I don't like it. It sucks. But like, the idea that games should never raise their costs in a court. Like, I, I feel like I haven't been driving that long. It's been a while, like twenty five years. Uh, that's gone up four times. Games have gone up ten bucks. Like. That, they went up ten bucks almost on. twenty yeah. years ago. By the but, way, that that that, yeah. that jump yeah. to sixty happened what around mm-hmm. uh, in the two thousand two thousand five yeah yeah, yeah. So, two thousand six for, for uh, the three sixty that generation. Yeah. But he you know yeah, the fact we, that we, he's citing like I I don't think that's a signal like hey Nintendo's going to start doing this because by the way they already used to do that it was in the called the Nintendo sixty four generation they just sort of yeah, priced man. games depending on the number of chips in the car that was crazy. Yeah, really. Like, was. oh, Shadows of the Empire, eighty bucks. Why not? Eighty dollar yeah. games. It Killer Instinct nuts. Gold, ninety dollars. Sure. Fucking, it had literally more chips in it to pay for. Like that's why they did. And, it. And, and you didn't even have a rationale like that given to the public, like why that was happening. It was just like, well, this isn't. This game's two weeks older than Mario sixty four. It's twenty dollars more. But it, it's it's actually when I look back though. At like pricing walls in Toys R Us from when I was a kid, you know, when we were kids of, of the NES, it wasn't the pricing was not as standardized as you remember it. You, no. you probably remember fifty dollars games, but they were hardly no, I, all fifty dollars back. Then. I'm in, in, in love with games like Astonex and Snake Rattle and Roll because they were launch, they launched at different prices and and were obtainable for twenty dollars, mm-hmm. which was fucking the cheapest game imaginable in the, in the late 80s early I, 90s. I remember I'd like I would I would mow lawns and get like twenty dollars at the end of the week and I would go out and like just find what NES game is twenty dollars yeah okay yeah. that and uh like I, I remember saving up for brain dead 13 yeah. <laughs> it's under my, 20 my bucks. mom like commenting to my dad it's like is he just like buying the ones nobody wants I I I <laughs> I can completely relate because I definitely raked a lot of leaves just for a boy and his blob. Oh, man. There you go. Well, here's here's the interesting thing to me is like people always think of games as fixed pricing, especially here in America. But actually, it's only fixed in one direction, right? And so one of the reasons PC gaming has grown so huge and indie gaming has grown so huge in the past yeah. 15, 20 years is – it is a sliding pricing scale depending on how much yeah. they think you're willing to pay for a thing, right? Like uh, Undertale is not a, never has been a sixty dollar game, no, right? And so it go it slides down from sixty, but people are never willing to let it slide up from sixty because AAA that was sort of the where they had set it, and now Sony this generation is like we're setting it at seventy, right? Mm. But it, it is weird that that scale only slides one way, and you're like, well, why is that? Because those AAA games and the things. They are they cost way more to to produce than the indie stuff where they're charging you less. Where it's like, I get it. Trust me, I'm not out here advocating for a hundred dollar games. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no one it's... wants anybody to pay more for games. But it's just like I just love the only anecdote I have offhand. It's just like ah, the first Mario Kart took fifteen people to develop to develop in three months. Like 
really, the games we have now that take years and hundreds of people are worth the exact same amount as Mario Kart? I get that. The first Mario Kart? How is that possible? It, it's... I get where he's coming from. I, he, you know, he did go on the record again and, like, hey, this isn't, like, Nintendo establishing a new price point. Like, this is just us saying for this particular game. But you can kind of tell it's it's a test, right? It's like, yeah, if people are willing yeah. to pay that amount, how much easier is it to, to price the next game at 70 if you're Nintendo? Like, why not? Right. You know, why there's, there's no way this doesn't open the floodgates for that pricing for... I mean, why not? Because, like, like I, I saw this... Mario Day! You can finally get Mario Odyssey for 5 to $10 less because they never <laughs> yeah. reduce Nintendo the price. Nintendo sale pricing is... You're gonna get this at forty dollars. Very mm, yeah. rarely does it go under forty bucks. Like that. That's that's just what never happens yeah. after like after half a decade of being in the wild. Everybody who has it, you feel like should have it already, but you know they don't. That's not how this works. Yeah. So I mean, hey, again, they've already got me. I'm I pre-ordered. Actually, I yeah, pre-ordered uh, what through that. I did the voucher system. You know how they you can pay I, if you're an Nintendo. You online should talk member. about that. Yes. So you can you can do that thing where it's a hundred bucks. And that gives you two tickets that you have to use within a year. And this is this is the trick. This is how they get you. So you have to know that within any given calendar year from when you bought, there are going to be two Nintendo games you want to redeem for. But, so I bought the, the voucher because I'm a Nintendo Online person. And I had, you know, Nintendo also has that rewards point thing. Like the more games you buy, you can apply discounts and credit toward other stuff you buy, right? And so... The vouchers, what was I telling you guys? I think I got the vouchers for like 80 bucks total because I applied my credits, the, the, right? The, the voucher, what is it? You get two first-party Nintendo Any games two games, a year. regardless of price, and they confirmed the vouchers work for Zelda, right? And so I used one of my two vouchers, which, okay, average price. If I got my vouchers for 80 bucks together, that's the average price is 40 bucks per game. So I technically can yeah. say I got Zelda for $40 because I did the voucher thing, right? But again... It's more than that because there's the cost of Nintendo Online that I'm not factoring in, and they're counting on, on me psychologically not doing that math, and I mm-hmm. get it, right? But, like, yeah, if you're complaining about this price, just fucking buy the voucher thing. I mean, it, so- it sounds like your Nintendo Online plus expansion pack paid for itself by the way you did this. Yes, yes. And then I do the, I do the family online package, which is even more, right? And so they've, they've got it, me. When Nintendo finds out about it, they're going to cancel this program. No, no, because they, they confirmed when they announced the price, they did confirm like, yeah, and you will be able to redeem your Nintendo vouchers for this. So they, they know a lot of – I'd just say, hey, take my advice. Do what I say. If you're fucking savvy, do the voucher thing. You know you're mm-hmm. going to get this. You know you're going to get Advance Wars 1 and 2 or, or, some, or the next Pokemon or whatever the fuck Nintendo is releasing within a calendar year. I, like, I definitely – Purchase two Nintendo first-party games every year. It should, I should be doing yeah. it already. Yeah, so yeah. do that. And um, maybe I'll use it to to buy uh, a digital copy of Zelda and also a physical copy. Don't do that. Well, I, <laughs> I think the vouchers are for digital only, right? Yeah, they are. Okay, but but uh, you but can you can that, pre-order with them, which is neat. And it, but that's that's I'm not a crazy person. Like, would I always have access to my digital mm-hmm. games? It's more convenient. I like digital. It's fine. But like, we're right in the midst of this. You know, if you're in the gaming community, you're seeing all the do this to get these 3DS games before they disappear forever. And like, I still don't have any faith in Nintendo copying over my purchases to the next system. Mm. I don't know how yeah. they would do that, but I, I don't. Ha- I just don't. My know. guess would be that something as big as a Zelda game, uh, you'll be able to buy a remaster or something uh, in the next generation. 
Yeah, you, yeah, you'll have to pay an extra five bucks, but you'll get an exclusive Mario animation. <laughs> your file transfers. Yeah. Well, um, so yeah, moving on to we're talking about digital games, and, and uh, obviously subscription services have been the big thing this generation so far. I hate to say it, guys, but as much as we kind of always talk about how confusing it is compared to Game Pass, I think this PlayStation Plus game library thing is is starting to creep up where like if you're paying attention to it it's like oh wait yeah this is this is as good as game pass and here's why i say this they announced a bunch of games coming to um it's that middle tier right and i'll never mm-hmm. remember the name so don't even ask extra. me to try yeah. uh, uh, well there's essential extra essential and then premium, extra right? and premium yeah so mm-hmm. the, at the extra level um, one of the big games that are coming is ghostwire tokyo oh yeah um they got uh, that Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection, Immortals Phoenix Rising, one of mm-hmm. our games of the year from a few years ago, uh, Rainbow Six Extraction, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, uh, Untitled Goose Game. Um, they got a game called Chia, whatever that game is. It's the Fred Durst Simulator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neo, The World Ends With You. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of good games that are kind of fairly recent within the last one or two years. Oh, Final Fantasy Type Zero HD, which I've been meaning to oh try boy. out and play. So they're getting some good games, but um, it's got an exclusive demo for <laughs> Final Fantasy Thirteen, Fifteen. <laughs> well, the, the the demo stuff is at the premium level, which is so weird to me because the premium gets you access to the old games, the retro library, mm. right? So if you want to get mm-hmm. Ridge Racer Type Four, you got to have the premium. No. Well, also, the the extra and premium, uh, Ubisoft has a Ubisoft Plus Classics collection that you get automatic access to. Again, I do work for Ubisoft. Is, I that, don't... is that an extra as well? That's not just premium. Yeah, I think it's those two tiers. Oh, nice. That's so you nice. get access to a, a library of Ubisoft games. Because Xbox makes you get the ultimate to get access to, like, the EA version of that. Like, you have to pay yeah. the, for the highest tier, which, you know, about the same price. But but right now, uh, Game Pass, or I don't know, right now, maybe like a month ago, they still had Ubisoft games on them. Here's, we all live through the Netflix thing, but, like, I, I loved researching HBO when HBO came out. It's called home box office when box office was how people thought was synonymous with movies. Mm-hmm. And every movie studio went to HBO. And everyone's like, I got to get HBO because that's where all the movies from the movie theater go. And that's what Game Pass was. And now we're going we're gonna to see exclusive contracts with bigger publishers. And you're going to have to... When when in the nineties, I remember like all right, all Paramount movies go to Showtime, and all Warner Brothers movies go to HBO, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It? and that's where we're about to head. Which is good because because I think Sony's Game Pass Game Pass Extra, I think it still sucks, but it only sucks because like all these games were available on Game Pass already, or or like. I already played all these, or I know if I want to play all these. Well, when I some signed, of these, I, I wish I could PlayStation exclusive. Like I don't think did Neo: The World Ends with You ever come to Xbox? It might just be. A You're Sony. right. I, I don't. I don't. But that's that's the thing is that on Xbox they at least tell you every first party thing is going to come here, and Sony still is like wishy washy about. Oh, they're that not. Shit. Yeah, like, they haven't yet. Actually, speaking of first party, that's a great transition to the next kind of part of the story. So we talked about Ghostwire Tokyo is going to be on this mm-hmm. PlayStation Plus. Ghostwire Tokyo is finally coming to Xbox. And the reason that's news is mm-hmm. technically that's a Bethesda title, right? But that was one mm-hmm. of the yeah, last kind PS5 of exclusive. exclusive yeah. That was one of the last exclusive yeah. deals that Bethesda signed before Microsoft bought them. So that is now coming to Xbox. It will be on Game Pass, so you can play it there. And it's coming alongside a new free update. 
that adds a bunch of story content to the game, new locations, new missions. Um, this game, don't sleep on this game. I know this is one of Greg Moore's favorite games of the year last mm-hmm. year. This is one of those games where I just like, it's like a game you can kind of just go on autopilot with your brain. There's like a ton of shit to do. The combat's not oh, super, it looks awesome, but it's not super yeah. difficult or anything like that. And it's like, it's like if you like open world checkbox games, like, yeah, I just want to, you know, collect a bunch yeah. of shit and solve some missions. And it's it's in Tokyo. It's like a really cool yeah, representation of Tokyo. We, we did a virtual tourism show about it. Um, but a uh, mm-hmm. friend of the show, Alex Fassiani, uh recently posted something hey, on, on Twitter that uh, if you like uh, Metroid Prime, check out Ghostwire Tokyo. And it's like... Sure. I, I never thought of it in that light, but yeah, he might be right. I might have to come back to it with you know, with those eyes. Can, can I tell you a weird thing I thought I thought of, and that you might want to edit at the show, just in terms of Microsoft buying Bethesda? Like, oh, well, our Bethesda, I'll never have to pay for another Bethesda game ever again. Yeah, has Bethesda? And when, when did they buy Bethesda? How many years ago? Three was or four that? years ago. Hmm. Has Bethesda announced a new game since the acquisition? Well, yeah. I mean, well, announced a new game, no. There's stuff that was announced before the acquisition right. that is still Yeah, like Starfield. Yes. I know. But, yeah, like, yeah, know Bethesda used to have a, oh, a, a, an Redfall. annual E3 thing. Oh, yeah. Redfall, 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 was Redfall was announced. And that's coming soon. It's, like, May or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I get your point, That was in development Chris. before the acquisition. Like, that's the, that was a scary thing I, I thought of. Like, Bethesda was a... Two, three game a year, thriving company. Pub- more than and, that. It was a yeah, it was yeah. a big publisher. That um, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Now it's like, okay, their output has decreased, but does that mean Microsoft is is? I hate to say it this way, kind of cutting out a lot of the bullshit that they would have released that wouldn't have been good anyway, right? They're just kind of like, yeah, just focus on I, yeah, the I big, don't know big stuff that's going to move the needle. You know, I don't know. I, I, I like that. That's the thing that's just got me. I love Game Pass. Uh, I wish I liked PS Plus extra more, but like, yeah, that, this might be a downside to that. Like uh, Bethesda, they don't have to they don't have to earn their keep in the marketplace anymore because they have a big daddy buyer. Interestingly enough, so related story, another Game Pass related story. Um, this now obviously this is a deal that hasn't gone all the way through. It's it's still in the works, but Blizzard has already confirmed Diablo Four will not launch Woo-hoo! on Game Pass, right? So that is a technically oh, going to be sort of a quasi-first-party title if that acquisition goes through, that they're already saying, yeah. And, and I think probably my guess is the deal is still so nebulous, so up in the air with all the courts and stuff still weighing in. Like, what'll happen is once the deal goes through, they'll probably put that game on Game Pass, right? But yeah, uh, probably. I don't think that's an indicator of, like, all of a sudden Microsoft backing away from, hey, all first-party stuff will be on Game Pass. Like, they would probably fucking love for Diablo to be on Game Pass. Like, that would that would sell a lot of Game Pass subscriptions, yeah. right? Especially on PC. On PC. There's... there's uh, I don't think there's any... There, there's plenty of reasons for the deal not to happen. Mm-hmm. But until it does actually happen, they have to continue course as if it weren't happening. And that right. means, yeah, like we're a paid, we're a $60 game on every platform. Well, so speaking of the deal and will it, or will, will they, won't they, of the deal, um, Microsoft is out there making deals with like everybody. Like Microsoft made a deal with me to put Call of Duty on my, on me for the next 10 years because <laughs> like they signed up right with like. Back. 
a Japanese like a boxer right, with a, with yeah, a <laughs> just on my back. Just it's just going to be you know projected on my back. They signed a deal with like a Japanese um, streaming like cloud provider called like Ubitus or something. They they signed a couple. They keep signing these long term deals because in the courts they're trying to convince yes. the courts like no 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 this does not mean we will cease to release. Call of Duty everywhere possible. In fact, we just signed like four more deals to release it for ten years on these places, right? So the- it's <laughs> it's so underhand, like and just like the amount of money at stake is un to me is unfathomable because they're like we're, we're we signed a ten year deal with Nintendo like to put Call of Duty games on the Switch. Why? Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. so we can sh- we can show in court that we were open to first party developers and Sony's the one not playing ball. Yeah. Not so we 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 so it's, it's due diligence horseshit. Uh, but the big deal is like pe- people buy playstations for Call of Duty <laughs> and and Sony has a right to be concerned about that. The the interesting thing to me so Microsoft already confirmed they said we're not going to do the thing where like the Switch version will be a cloud version, but this this company Ubitus what they're known mm-hmm. for they're the company that does all those cloud versions of Switch games. So they did the Forgotten mm. City, amazing game, my phone, I both love that game. Mm-hmm. Control, Plague Tale Requiem. I didn't even know Plague Tale Requiem was on Switch. Um, and Resident oh, wow. Evil Village are all on Switch via this cloud streaming. And so it's interesting that Microsoft just did the deal with them for Call of Duty and other stuff. But like, oh. they're saying that Switch will be a native. It makes me wonder, like, do you think they're going to release both on Switch? Like, yeah, here's this year's new game. It's going to be cloud streaming. And then here's like a five-year-old game that's native to the platform. Well, isn't there like a rumor that there's going to be an upgraded Switch sometime in the next year? Hopefully. It's been room, five years, for five years now. Yeah. 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 I think, honestly, like, what what is the incentive to put out a new system if you're Nintendo? The, the Switch is still selling out. Uh, I mean, you you have to get ahead of the mark. Like, Nintendo is very slow to that normally. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's... Oh, it's six years. Uh, It's been six years. Yes, 2017. Um, But think think about Mm -hmm. how long it has... It it took for them to release a new Game Boy. Like, that thing came out in, like, 89. I I know, but technology moves way fast. Like, you're, you're, you're still... PC game like like how quickly did the last iteration of cards move? Oh, well, like that's it was a different. Story, yeah, right? I, like, but it it was still like in in iterative, iterative language like that moved way faster mm, than yeah. it had in the past. Well, well the, the interesting and, thing about the Switch is like it's only six years old, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like this rumored next Switch. These rumors have been going on at least three years, maybe four, right? And yeah. so like they started pretty early into the life cycle of the system because as we all know when the switch launched the chip the, the stuff the guts of the switch i you know they're not as powerful obviously as the current gen systems and in some ways yeah. they're not as powerful as even like the ps4 or something like that right yeah. but like if you're nintendo does that matter because like chris said the, the, they've been selling like crazy like they sell a ton of switches still you know it's it's still like I, I, I a leading it, it's a hardware platform most it, months to me, it's starting to matter because, uh, like, I, I will buy games on the Switch the unless it's an exclusive. Like, I'm not going to buy anything on the Switch. Period. Like, I, I don't know if my digital transactions are transferable. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to buy anything there until until there's upgraded hardware. Mm. Uh, 
other than first party stuff, I, 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 I don't want to sink anything into the Switch until I know where it's going. And I, I think we kind of not deserve an answer necessarily because it's Nintendo. Like they, they're ten years behind the times and six years behind modern technology in terms of the Switch. But that's always uh, been their so business model, right? They're, it has. Been. They've they've almost never been on the cutting edge. Like they stopped competing to be like, oh, we're we're the better hardware platform. Almost. Yeah. With the N64 generation. That was the last time where I yep. think they were trying to compare, like, hey, we're pushing more polygons or whatever. Like, they quickly realized, like, hey, that's not where it's at with us. Yeah, yeah they were like, it's, some of it wasn't even the proprietary nonsense. Just like, people don't like load times. I'm like, you're right. Mm. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take the cartridge. Oh, uh, that's the worst part about trying to go back to, like, a last-gen game after playing on yeah. the Series X or the PS5. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> you realize, like, oh my god, I've spoiled myself to load time. Yeah, it's... every every time I play something on my PS4, it's like, oh god, this is taking forever. Why? <laughs> I will say, I got one of those OLED switches probably mm-hmm. like three or four months ago, and playing Hades on that thing in bed, it's like, oh, that's that. Heaven. See, that's the thing that Switch has that neither yeah. neither has that the Steam Deck has. You can play it in bed, right? You can mm-hmm. sit there and, and take it with you. Play it on the shitter if you want. I don't care. But uh, the, the Switch is so convenient. We haven't even really considered what we're losing with like no handhelds out there because the Steam Deck too deserves a ton of credit. But like, no one's mourning. We're about to lose the the, the one of the biggest handhelds of Nintendo's life. Uh, it's the, the end the of this month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. The shop closing down. It's over. Yeah. Which I, I found out, I did not realize, I think I told you guys this on chat, mm-hmm. that uh, it is still possible to put money in to buy stuff on 3DS and Wii U. You just have to do it via Switch. You add money to your account on Switch and then you can hop over to one of the other well, platforms. Don't tell Nintendo that, that, Michael. You, just, you I, found the loophole, baby. Yep. <laughs> I didn't want to be mean and say like, Michael, you're a maniac. Yes. So, well, one, one, I, I bought like a 128 gig thing. I have, if I didn't, I said that before. What's the system you bought the most? The 3ds. Mm. I have like six 3ds. Oh my gosh! Wow. Uh, and 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 they all have giant. Like I don't need to re-download anything because I never have. Uh, and I can't even find my 3ds. But but also like, yeah, I'm not gonna whip out the fucking charging cable to nope. play a tray in odyssey in like a poor resolution i, I literally uh, own i still re- have my 3ds for chrono trigger which is i think yeah. a ds game that just works in DS my 3ds game. Game, yep. but yeah, yeah it's yeah. uh yeah no so i yeah i hear you and all that shit is easily emulatable so mm. but it's the only way you'll ever be able to get the 3d classics versions of old games that are oh, completely so moot for me because I use a 2DS. So, <laughs> so the one thing I wish I would have held, held on to that is 3D, still 3DS exclusive. Mm-hmm. I use my, my Nintendo Awards points to order one of those giant... Remember those VR or AR cards that they had with yes. the 3DS? Yes. Like they, mm-hmm. they were like a, a, a block. They, they made giant versions, like novelty giant versions. I, I sent away and got one. Because it's fucking cool, Michael. Giant stuff's better than regular size stuff. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Mm. And that, oh. I think I got rid of it. But I'm really bummed that I did because that was really neat. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so cool you got rid of it. Awesome. That's all the news that's fit to play. I get rid of everything. <laughs> I don't hold on to plastic. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always just segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, what's your favorite forgotten 
game in a long running franchise. Uh, Ryan, you weren't here last week. Do you do you have a favorite that you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, uh sorry, let me reread. Uh, forgotten game in a long running. Yeah, franchise. like the ones that we huh. did last week are like Onimusha, Dawn of Dreams, Ratchet, Deadlocked. It's like you know maybe not God of War, Ascension, yes, Gears yes. of War, Judgment. Which which thirty twenty ten. The next week, a Gears of War Judgment came out within seven like six days of God of War Ascension. Did it really? Uh, yeah, that's like a forgotten yeah. year in video games. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like the the gas leak year. Did for this video actually games. happen? They yeah. they share half a title. Both have of war in their names. <laughs> mm. <laughs> a word that starts I mean, with G. I, I guess I would also second that for for uh, the was it you said Gears of War or was it God of War? Both, both. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm more partial to Xbox, so I say Gears of War. I played. I because of Game Pass you can play all those old games, which is, fu- I mean, great for me because mm-hmm. I I I love Gears Five, I love Horde mode, I love all that stuff. Um, but like going back and playing the ones that I missed specifically because I got the Series S basically on a fluke. Like I, I I was able to walk into a store and they're like, "We got one left, kid." And I'm like, "Shit." Same thing happened to me. Like, I saw one in the wild. Like, what am I supposed to do? Not buy it? Like, these are going for twice as much on eBay. And I'll be real with you guys. Like, now that there's PS5s everywhere suddenly, like, I walked into a store and the same scenario happened. And I was kind of like, eh, I kind of love Game Pass and my Switch. Hey, kid, we got 30. Please buy one. (laughs) I'm like, go fuck yourself, Sony. Oh, you got me. Damn it. (laughs) I'll take an OLED switch and I'm out. <laughs> Suck a dick. I'm playing Returnal on PC. Yeah. But no, I would say Gears. F- I mean, I guess it's hard because I wouldn't say that they're forgotten. Yeah, they're anyway. forgotten. For, well, Judgment Ju- is forgotten. Judgment is kind yeah. of forgotten. Judgment, but it, even anything Maybe even after Gears three, Tactics. Anything yeah. at, oh, Tactics. I love Tactics is fucking awesome. That's a good Tactics game. Yeah, Gotta be honest. Where, and where is my Gears Pop game? Did that ever happen? It happened. It was, Did it, it happen? Was like, it was like a mobile-like game. Wow. Yeah, I played it. Okay, it and that good. totally counts. I didn't even yeah, realize that counts. existed. There's been a lot of Gears that, yes, it is sort of forgotten. Like tactics, oh man, Halo Wars is sort of forgotten, right? Even though there was two of them. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be real with you. I think I like Gears Tactics more than I liked XCOM Two. Okay, wow, <laughs> that's right. yeah, I can see that. It 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 did more for the genre. Look, I'm like I, Ryan. I'm I'm not. I don't have any credibility to say whether you're right or wrong, but I do feel like that sentence could be used as evidence to like legalize your murder <laughs> it like <laughs> uh, to- total uh picture on twitter with all the swords pointing at the guy that is that is that opinion right there i know <laughs> all right i know I, you know no, what you're talking about I, <laughs> I, mean, I i loved xcom one it's one of my favorite games mm. of all time like yes. it's legitimately mm. but i think i just kind of had this you know, it's when a game you play a game at the right moment, right time, and it just mm-hmm. worked. Yeah, I hear you. Cool. All right. Well, uh, first to respond on VigGamePocalypse.com was Vocalik, who says, 
My favorite forgotten game is from the Dead Rising series. Mm. After the lukewarm reception of Dead Rising 2's new protagonist, Capcom made a new version called Dead Rising 2 Off the Record, where you played through a new version of the story with Frank West as the main character. It was the same setting with a new area, a lot of new combo weapons, and photography added, and I think it's closer to what a lot of people wanted out of a sequel. This game seems mostly forgotten now since Dead Rising 3 pretended that Off the Record never happened. Gotta be honest, people who think that are, are bullshit. Uh, Chuck was an amazing protagonist of 2 and uh, like learned that your franchise is going to change. Like Chuck was great and we didn't need all the Frank West bullshit. So that's just I'm, not, I'm not totally with Matt on this, but it, like, it seems like this was... He's covered wars, I, you know. <laughs> but it's just like <laughs> Dead Rising 1 was an amazing game but not a perfect game yeah. and like the photography stuff it's like I don't care about this at all I don't want to do this at all and and like yeah Chuck makes more sense but like hey your first game generated fans and you abandoned them in the second one This it's such weird course correction Chuck had the daughter aspect mm-hmm. Frank's just sort of a dirtbag that stays a dirtbag that like is an accidental hero anyway yeah whatever yeah. He, he does a triumphant return Russell. and there's a good version of 3 that is like uh, what is that one is it the Frank West files or something They where they added to 3 like, yeah 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 is three the one that takes place at Christmas time in the moment? No, that's four. No, that's four. four. Oh god, that's, that's a good mm-hmm. version. Of it. Um, three is the one that launched the Xbox One. Oh, that the three is forgettable. Along that, with that's Rise, what's funny. I, I thought he was swerving us here. Like, I was like, oh, he's going to say three because like no one really mm-hmm. talks about three because it's sort of boring. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Gogo Goldberg says, uh, meat slapping meat. Your mention of Lost Planet brought to my mind my favorite entry in the franchise. It's Japanese wow. exclusive spinoff EX wow. Troopers. Oh, wow. While the game maintained the general sci-fi winterscape of Lost Planet, it added a candy-colored manga slash anime aesthetic that was the exact antithesis of any other game in the series. The gameplay was fairly typical of Lost Planet. What does that even mean, typical of Lost Planet? I feel like the gameplay changed from game to game. But anyway. It did. But the bright visuals, bumping soundtrack, variety of unlockable characters and weapons, and challenging multiplayer modes kept me engaged despite not understanding any Japanese. It's one of the few platinum trophies. You got a platinum in the game you wow. couldn't understand that I've ever obtained, and it was my favorite game of 2012. The game got an unofficial English translation not too long ago. So consider giving it a look. Never heard of this. This is hmm. cool. EX Troopers. Yeah, I remember e- this game very well. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you were in e- a lot of meetings discussing should we bring this to the United States or not. No, no. It's more like this exists and no one told me. <laughs> <laughs> How do we keep it uh, away? Should we use fire or spears enough? Yeah. Ugh. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, from Facebook. Andrew Harbour says, Twisted Metal Small Brawl. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. There was an amazing entry in the Twisted Metal franchise that really seemed to have the world working against it. It was, uh, wow, it was the PS1 follow-up to the not-so-great 989 third and fourth entry, and it was released over a year into the PS2's life cycle. Uh, and on top of all that, the, the kitty-looking uh, theme that immediately turned off—it immediately turned off a lot of folks. What it really has going for it, though, is the fact that uh, it was developed by Incog, creators mm-hmm. of the series, whom were fresh off of Twisted Metal Black. 
uh, uses a phys- physics engine from Twisted Metal 2, arguably the high watermark for the series, and an incredible soundtrack featuring the composer from Black and uh, some really cool remixes of tracks from the previous entries. To this day, Twisted Metal remains one of my all-time favorite series, and I still have physical copies of every entry. But this one ranks really high for me, so I will sing its praises. Nice. I've, I've heard... I like I, I I I spent very little time with this one, but like this reviewed better than like Twisted Metal three and four. Yeah, and, and that wasn't difficult. <laughs> those, those games were not very well regarded. Uh, I mean, we're talking like we're talking like six and but, seven. But yeah, it was it was kind of weird. Like I remember getting a press release for this, and uh, it was yeah, like he said, a year into the PS2's lifespan for, and it's a PS1 game, and it was kind of. Aimed at like kids and budget-minded consumers, and there was, you know, they they basically just had like Dennis the Menace kid versions of all the Twisted Metal characters piloting remote control versions of their rides. Well, I think last I heard is being adapted into like some super rated R <laughs> series. So like this, it's going to be a weird entry. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah like a Netflix forward. series, isn't it? Something like that. Like I, either way, it'll look like. Conquers like conquers fucking Game Boy game. Yeah, uh, it'll probably just be point. Jason Statham's Death Race again. Yeah, Jason Statham. Oh, Jason Statham. All right, why, why don't you read Kyle Shaw's entry? Kyle Shaw. Uh, he says, "I have to say, the much maligned Deus Ex Invisible War. Love that game. The game." The gameplay is worse, the world design is smaller, the universal ammo is worse, but the story is still interesting. I liked how the first two games were focused on trying to figure out different philosophies of governance and how you can shape and form the future. I think a lot of the storytelling in the prequel games kind of missed out on a lot of that and focused too much on tying things together instead of telling something interesting there. I also use the reference Pequod and Quakequags. Pequod and Quakequags. They're, they're Pequod and Quakequags, yeah. sorry. A lot. Which were coffee chains in the world that hinted at the fact that the entire political system in that future was just controlled by one side that pretended to have two fully independent groups. See, the person in charge of one of the chains wants you to throw an explosive and the other destroying their shop. If you hack a vault in the other coffee shop, you find out that they have the same owner. I don't know why this reference lives in my head <laughs> rent-free, but it does. Yeah. I, have to, I do have to call out that is one of the most fucking edgelord worst takes on politics that people still have to this day. Like, well... Republicans and Democrats are the same party. Like that is lost Democrats so many elections because people go refuse to vote. And it's like, no, they hate each other. They really do hate each other. Like they're not. Mm-hmm. This, I get one they're, gave they're you health care. The other assholes. one thinks you don't deserve it. <laughs> right? Like it's, yeah. They're not the same. They're, they're both. They're both rich assholes who want to, you know, basically yes, further their power and and wealth. But at least one gives a shit about if you have health care or not. Yeah. You know? I, I also did love the uh, the deep cut that – well, not so deep cut. The Pequod and Queequeg are both references to Moby Dick. Pequod is the ship. Queequeg is the uh, headhunter who becomes best friend of the narrator Ishmael. And what else came from Moby Dick? Starbucks. 
Yes. Star- Starbuck is the first mate what? on the Pequod. Yeah, the coffee shop people, Starbucks. I mean, mm-hmm. see what they I love there. Michael is saying this like we don't all know this and haven't read Moby Dick. <laughs> no, of course I didn't know any of this shit. <laughs> Wait, that book's not about a guy named Moby Dick? I know, right? Yeah, I thought it was about the Dick family. Mm-hmm. Andy Dick. <laughs> There's Andy, Moby. Um... Yeah, you know, it's Andy Dick's cousin, Moby. He's the DJ. Is it? isn't, isn't Tim Allen's real name like Tim Dick or something? Like, that's his real last name? All right, name? we're going to go hunt whales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Come on, Tommy Dick, Susan Dick, and mm-hmm. yeah. Charlie yeah. Dick. Actually, I think Dick. on the boat. I remember reading, I think Moby chose his name because he's like a descendant of Herman, Herman Melville, the, the author of Moby Dick. So True, I, but boring. Did, Who cares? It disturbs did, me that Moby chose his own name. Like That's yeah. weird. Didn't, just hearing that. It's his DJ name. It's a stage name. Who cares? Didn't Moby also say he dated Natalie Portman? Maybe. I mean, who did? And then it turned out to be false or something? Could be. I, I think I something know. like that. Yeah. But, then, but then even I have a Natalie Portman story where she's talking to me. and. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I, I did love the story in Deus Ex Invisible War. The gameplay I could take or leave. My, my chief, The chief thing I remember about that game is like, why does it take five shots with a pistol in the head to bring down a random dude? Well, they're, like, they're half that head is cybernetics, right? You're yeah, just destroying well, machinery. It's, tell it's, that to, it's tell because that to your, it, your it, Tom Clancy division people. <laughs> oh, God. It's because like the guns do hit points, hit damage instead of uh, just like headshot with a, a pistol will kill you. But to Chris's yeah. point, like it takes like a kajillion bullets in the division to take down a raid boss. Fair. <laughs> because fair. the guy is wearing a new era cap. That's right. Mm. Yeah. He's got but a super hat on, though. <laughs> super hat. He just picked that thing up on the sneakers app, man. Like yeah. that thing is totally going to protect him against yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Jose de Gracia says, my favorite Star Wars game is this forgotten PC game called Rebellion, where you run either the Empire or the Rebellion on a galactic scale. Send Leia on a diplomatic mission to win over a system to your cause because they have a butt ton of shipyards and you need to build 800 A-wings as fast as possible. Or send Han and Chewie on a mission to capture Admirable... Admiral... Admirable. To capture yeah. Admiral Piet. <laughs> you win by capturing the two leaders of the opposing faction, Vader slash Palpatine or Luke slash Mon Mothma, and capturing slash destroying the home base, Coruscant or a mobile rebel base. My dad got me hooked on this game back in the mid-90s, and once he showed me how to manage galactic space battles on a strategic level, I was hooked. I do a playthrough at least once a year. Wow. Nice. I hate to sound like an old man, but like there's something about like I played games with my parents that like, oh, I hate you so much. Like I just, <laughs> I had to spend so much time defending yeah. games' existence. Yep. We sort of yeah, missed it by point. like ten years. It was yeah. really like, had we been about uh-huh. ten years younger, uh-huh. it might have happened for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So je- it's not hate; it's jealous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jealous. Let's see, yeah. Matt Cody Wardell says it's funny. All of almost all of the top five are on the PS Plus classics. I'm the guy who still plays that crap. Anyway, question of the week. Star Wars wow. Racer Revenge, the PS2 wow, sequel to the Pod Racing N64 game. The gameplay is super fast and aggressive, akin to F Zero, and there are tons of unlockable characters, including Vader, Darth Maul, and Watto. Holds up better than 90% of Star Wars games and is consistently re released on PlayStation. Also, Twisted Metal 4, the goofy PS1 mm. sequel, soon overshadowed by Black. Yeah, like uh, that. Man, when Racer, Racer was almost the direction for more Star Wars games because they made like so mm. many racing games. 
Super Bombard and uh, yep. that that what? weird twisted metal spin-off destruction one, I forget what it was called. Yeah. In in a good timeline, we would have had a lot of Terrace Kasi sequels, just saying. Mm-hmm. That game was not very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of worse fighters out there though. Come on. But at Evo this year, I think. So that, yeah, shut up. On. That'd be amazing. We also have a video response, uh, Trey, via our first ever TikTok response. Here we go. To answer the question of the week on Veg Game Apocalypse Podcast's uh, latest episode, what is your favorite game uh, that is kind of forgotten in a franchise? Mine would have to be um, Final Fantasy Tactics. Advanced, though? Uh it had, first of all, I feel like this game needs a remake in the uh, Triangle Strategy engine. That and I, I, I want it to be more um, available for modern gamers. Because currently, uh, and behind me I've put a picture of the Amazon listing for it. The first one uh, of the Tactics Advanced series is now selling for 80, $89.99. Years. And the second one on the DS... Um, is now running for $69.50. Nice. But like outside of emulators or like an overpriced copy of the game or simply just owning a Wii U, because you can buy it on Wii, the first one on Wii U for 20 bucks. But that means also owning a Wii U and powering that bad boy up. And as Chris can attest, it can take five minutes for that thing to boot up, even if everything's plugged in. Uh, the reason I they're my favorite is because they have a much, they're much less punishing than the original one. Uh, the War of the Lions... Uh, the justice system that you could just lose characters permanently on the fate system. That was kind of not fun for gamers in the 90s. Uh, the job system is like way less intimidating. Uh, the job system is tied and the skills learning system is tied to your weapons. Kind of like um, Final Fantasy IX. The art style and the music are great. And it, both of them have like a, a Alice in Wonderland um, got to get home kind of story. Also, uh, one of my cool, one of my favorite fantasy races, um, Ar- Argonians walked so Banga could run because Banga are <laughs> one of the coolest fantasy lizard races. Not to mention the 2D art of the game, including the uh, character sprites, are, and they're just great. They're very uh, Saturday. Like th- this feels like a adventure Saturday morning cartoon that I would watch. It's aesthetic. <laughs> All right, thank you, nice. Trey. Yeah, the Bengal look like uh, like look, look kind of like dogs, actually, more than lizard men. But and I, I just remember War of the Lions was one of the highest scoring uh, PSP games. Mm-hmm. That when I got my PSP was on PS Plus. Like remember PS Plus for PSP was just like Uncharted, Gravity Rush, and War the, of the like. I think like that was every- Vita, but yeah. Oh, sorry, Vita. Sorry. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't feel like Kathleen Turner did a good job in that game. War of the Lions. <laughs> that's War of the Roses. Wow, that's a that War of the Roses joke for you. I, I really <laughs> thought like I was like, should I be looking for Vi Warshawski? <laughs> you're the thirty twenty ten guy. You don't get a. I know. I don't, I don't, I don't know why my brain went to the Lion and Winner. It's War like, of the Roses. <laughs> yeah, right. War of the Roses might be the best Danny DeVito direct 
directed movie ever made. It reunited Michael Douglas with it's Kathleen Turner good. in any way. Sorry, I it's took very good. track with that terrible dad joke. Well, well done. No, no, As fuck a dad, that. I appreciate I, 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 I want to just stick a, like, just poke a stick in the eye of people like, Matilda's the best Danny DeVito directed movie. No! It's some it's horse War shit. of the Roses. No. I War did love Rose. Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Uh, we've talked about it on the show before, but that was like yeah. the weird isekai one where like, oh, some kids read a book about Final Fantasy and like, I wish I was in that world and it comes true. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, I hate it already. Yeah, like, no, it's great. War, it's great. I, the tutorial level is a snowball fight. It's fantastic. Okay, I, I think like it that. came out on iOS in Japan or something did like it? that. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah like, but it's, it's just like... A very well-made remake of the first Tactics game that, like, you can't play anywhere right now. Do you think it's possible for Sony to ever do another handheld? I I think they kind of lost interest after the Vita. Like, I don't think they lost I, interest. I think I, Nintendo I just, like, dominates that market. So, well, I just just yeah. When I went to Japan, it's like no one is playing PSP. Everyone's playing 3DS and Apple is slowly taking over everything. Like, which was weird because remember Japan was the place like your privacy invading ubiquitous technology will come from this country. And then like, Oh shit, you lost to Apple. Mm -hmm. Apple is, Apple came to Japan and uh, yeah, like I, I don't know where that shakes out. I really don't. All right. New question of the week. What's your favorite game that started in early access? Um, I know y'all are going to say Haiti, so I'm just going to say Valheim, uh, which is still in early access, but it counts. Uh, I, it, like I said, I got hardcore hooked on that thing for weeks. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I'm really weirdly excited about starting over on Xbox and uh, maybe even pairing up with you guys online. I would, would be kind of rad. Because yeah. I need some help. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to happen, too. Yeah. To happen I'll play with you, Michael. Now that I know not to build my uh, my giant castle where trolls can constantly attack it while I'm elsewhere and I come back to a giant pile of rubble and all my cool items just floating in midair. You, how do you avoid that? Never mind. I'll read yeah. a tutorial. Read again. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> How about how about um, you know I, I said it earlier, but PUBG like uh, I I can't remember playing a more sh shaky game on on the Xbox when PUBG came out, but it was exhilarating. The idea of not being able to predict the like just everything was so unpredictable. Oh my god, I got one kill out of a hundred people, and I stayed alive to number thirteen. Like it was it was just an absolutely uh, like a, a riveting system uh, that that many other games have copied to better effect and, and and done better, but like, yeah, the PUBG I played was once again a game preview of an early access game that Microsoft. It's one of those things I tip my hat to Microsoft for. Like the game's not done, but it's clearly a phenomenon. We're going to make it a point to put it on our system, and it's something I think Sony and Nintendo won't do because they're all about the finished final product. Uh, yeah, getting an, getting an unfinished game on consoles. Neat. It's neat. Hmm. Uh, Ryan, how about you go? I mean, I, 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 Michael said it, but yeah, I mean, Hades is in my top five best games of all time. It's, it's enormously replayable. Um, I love, I, it just, 
I, I don't know what else to say uh, other than it's just you if you haven't played it and actually given it the time it it gets better and better as you go through it the story gets better um I didn't know this I, I, for probably the first few weeks that you could go in and like change it to the god mode thing I mean I'm also the guy that created an additional folder while we were in Google Docs <laughs> doing this episode (laughs) so i'm not a genius like these fellows with me but like i i i I learned i learned that you could switch that mode after a few weeks that you could go in and change it to the god mode and make it a little bit easier for guys like me who struggle a bit with that sort of a game but like super giant still progressively from bastion to transistor to hades and now this Hades 2 coming out. I couldn't be more excited. So I love Hades. It's it's an amazing game. It's amazing, but let me tell you guys about a little game called Disney Dreamlight Valley. No, I'm oh, kidding. Come on. <laughs> Although I've, I've put way too much time in. Technically, that game is in early access, by the way, but I have put way too much time in that game. But no, the real answer I'm going to come up with, um, other than Hades, is a game that most people probably don't think of. Uh, when they think early access, but technically it's sort of one of the first. And in fact, I think it's the reason early access exists. Minecraft. Right. The first time I ever played Minecraft, it was technically in alpha. It was yep. an alpha you had to pay to get access to, right? And this was it back wasn't even in, like, available through Steam. Like, right. yeah, yeah. This is like you, you had to go to like moyang.com Mo and yes. pay fourteen dollars. Prior to the Microsoft yeah. acquisition, it was very much like this thing where you were helping fund development so they could keep development going on this game but like minecraft still to this day they add new stuff to it it's amazingly replayable it is one of the best one of those um that has ever existed and like i said i I do think that early access model probably came from the success of of minecraft like being able to do that you know independently too right like steam came and said hey we'll We'll give you a platform to do this on, so you don't need to worry about payment systems and all that stuff that they had to figure out for Minecraft. But yeah, Minecraft, I always forget, like, you know, because I have kids who play Minecraft, right? And it's, it's like, it's like oh, I remember when I played back in Alpha, and they just look oh. at me like I'm just super old when I say that shit, right? And it's like yeah. Yeah, back this in Dickety Twelve. But it's, it's, but it's like this, this stuff that they're used to, all the features in the game. I'm like, yeah, it didn't used to be like this. They're yeah, like, what do you I, I don't mean? think I, I played Minecraft 1.0. I, I and I've sunk hours into it. Like I yeah. don't think I've yeah. played a finished version of it. Yeah, yeah. All my all my kids have played that as they. It's it's like a rite of passage. It's like the grown up. Well, not even grown up, but like the modern version of internet interactive online Legos, and yeah. uh, it's super fun. And uh, I feel like I remember this from the last time I was on, but. Did, was Shadowrun Returns was that a early access as I well? I think so. No, that yeah. was a Kickstarter huh? game. Oh, it was right, a Kickstarter right, right. game yeah, that um, slightly different. It was, it was yeah. one of the most successful early Kickstarters, and and then yeah, it uh, similar. Mystery so, Science Theater three thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and uh, Shovel Knight was also a Kickstarter mm-hmm. game. Oh. Mm-hmm. And Sh- Shenmue three, and that might have killed it, <laughs> and it killed the model. <laughs> Remember when Sony used their E3 press conference to announce a Kickstarter? Yeah. Seems weird now. Mm-hmm. We were very excited about it. We were, and it's just like... Yeah, we were. All they did, all you did was donate real estate for something you're not paying for. And they paid... Hey, guys, remember E3? Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I did. Yeah. 
It's happening again this year. It's happening. Mm -hmm. Coming soon. Anyway. All right. Uh, well, what's your favorite game that started in early access? Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com. Answer into the comments for episode 515. Alternately, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will read answers on next week's show. That has been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Ryan, once again, Ryan. tell people where to find you. All right, guys. Well, Conspiracy Therapy, all 270 or so episodes where we dived into that stuff is on all the platforms. But currently, Zanzizi Podcast is on Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, all the things. Michael is on an episode forthcoming. Look for it. It's great. Very it's excited. a lot of fun. I'm excited. Uh, hopefully, I can have him on again. We'll talk about who God knows what, but it'll be fun. Um, I think actually the day this comes out, we'll have an Oscars episode, <gasps> the history of the Oscars. And uh, yeah, that's that's where to find me. I'm on Twitter at uh, Ryan Herrig and also my band, see my band Glassfield. We're recording in uh, Steve Albini's studio next what? month. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Man. So all I got from that was Steve Renazizi. Uh, yep. Once again, S Steve Renazizi. Mm -hmm. He was at 911. <laughs> he was. He was. Uh, man, 30 2010 this week. I got to say, I don't know that we've. Three of the worst movies ever made. One of them has Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. One is Stephen King, and one has somebody ejaculating through a porthole. Uh, yeah. on, a, on a ship, it is it, it is utterly a, astounding the depth. A formerly well-regarded actor, Oscar-winning actor. Yeah, it's one of the weirdest weeks I've ever seen because, like, <laughs> I, I've never been like this is the worst movie I've ever seen, and I give it the highest recommendation. You have to see this. <laughs> you have to see this. Not the other two, but one of them. One of them is 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 my highest recommended movie of all time. It's fucking. So awful! It's like it's made by aliens. It it it's just crazy. Thirty twenty ten in the Oscar episode of Laser Time. Yes, uh, Matt. Anything else, sir? Um, Patreon dot com slash Laser Time is what supports this show and the entire Laser Time network. So, um, yeah, you know, check us out if you get in at the five dollar or more level. That's what gets you access to all the good stuff. Otherwise, if you just want to come by, give us a tip. Totally works. We like that too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Patreon.com slash laser time. Michael, what was that URL again? Patreon.com slash laser time. You remembered. Uh, of course I remember. I say it like mnemonically at the beginning of every show. Uh, <laughs> just running on autopilot. Anyway, that has been our show. As always, you can find us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse or follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Well, one of the games coming out this week, as you pointed out to me, Matt, is uh, WWE 2K...
24? 23. 23. Okay. Wasn't they, they, they align with the actual okay. year. Unlike, so they, yeah, they come out during the, the year. Guys. Not Dave is going to strangle me for, for not knowing that. That's but, what editing's for. 